Happy holidays, insiders. Before we get to our Inside the 18 holiday special, wanted to say thank you to all our fans. So appreciative of all the support throughout this challenging year, and we can't wait for what the next year has in store. We've got some plans in the works, so be on the lookout for special announcements by following us at Goalkeeper Podcast. Let's all keep learning, and on with the show. Happy holidays, everybody, and welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from Palm Desert, California. With me, you know him as the czar of the virtual background, the one and only Pro GK Academy, Omar Zini. And joining us are uh, Mr. and Mrs. Claus, apparently. We got Mr. and Mrs. Claus joining us. Suskia Weber, 99 World Cup winner. And Mr. Shutout himself, Stan Anderson. Guys, we're all we're all getting very festive in the holiday spirit here. I absolutely, I love this. Everyone's got a different uh, uh, a different type of Santa hat. I have essentially, I think this was either meant for a mannequin, a toddler, or a dog. I, I'm kind of thinking a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pretty snug, isn't it? It's pretty snug. I asked, Dan looks like Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <coughs> oh my gosh, man. And mine, I'm just naughty. So if anybody knows me, they know that's true. Love so. it. <laughs> By the way, Saskia, I just noticed in the background, you have a picture from the 99 World Cup framed. So that's a yeah. solid background you got going right there. Yeah, it was a Chris, early Christmas present. Little display case. That's Love awesome. What else, is in, what else is in there? Um, I've got, uh, that's my um, Missouri Athletic Club Goalkeeper of the Year boot that I won with Brad. Brad Friedel and me the same year. And then up here is the replica of my star that was at Home Depot Center, which is no longer Home Depot Center, and the stars aren't there anymore. And then that's um, that's actually a Baccarat uh, soccer ball, uh, solid crystal soccer ball that was given to me by one of the heads of Baccarat. There are only two in the world. I think Messi has the other one. Um, and it's just engraved with um, uh, World Cup stuff on it, the 99 World Cup and my name and everything. Wow. Uh, Omar, where's your Mac Herman Trophy Award? Is that is that anywhere around? Man, no, I don't have anything anything to showcase, unfortunately. I think my wall is totally uh, get bigger and bigger when I get some when I get some gloves from some from some kids eventually. But uh, as, as, as of right now, I don't have much. And then, of course, the photos. Yes, yes, yes. They're more, they're more down there. There's one of me and Robin Roberts, which is like my favorite photo because she's like my hero, so. Oh, my well, you know, I mean, I could try to find my in, in the garage somewhere, my like most improved goalkeeper at Soccer Plus or something like that. Like I could put that. No, it was a, it's a really <laughs> sweet gift because like I've never been one to really like display things or anything. And Shannon got this and it was early Christmas present. So it's really nice. I, I think it's it's fantastic that you can that you can find something that now to uh, to be able to uh, I don't want to say one up but I let's just say on par with the Stan Anderson camp shutout okay, wall. Are you kidding me? The you. wall's ridiculous. I, every time I, I always tell him, I just hope one day like I'm privy enough to have one of my gloves up there. I would love to have a Saskia <laughs> Weber glove up there. I'll have. I'll send you a it. address. Maybe I'll use the PO box, but I, I've got other gloves up here. That do the the problem is, is that the the shadow boxes yeah. went away, and so I can't find the shadow boxes that. Oh, uh, I got a shadow box on Amazon. No, they they're not the same. Um, oh. 
they're they're different and I, I wanted to keep it all the same but these are the youngsters this is uh fred emmings and gaga and the youngsters that have gone into the league lady gaga sent you a glove that's cool yeah yeah <laughs> i had to sorry that was too easy by the, but by the way though i'm not gonna lie <laughs> I could see Lady Gaga pulling off a goalkeeper outfit. Like that would be unconventional <laughs> enough for her to go that direction. We're so I'm like, Super, on it. You know, and she comes out in like goalkeeper gear for like the Super Bowl. People are like, wow, that was as alt as you could get. I love it. I'd, I'd wear a Lady Gaga glove. There you go. It'd be like totally blinged out. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, this is, like I said, this is going to be a holiday show. It's going to be a little bit zany. It's going to be a little bit. <laughs> A, a little bit wacky out there, but we're also still going to give you guys some great information. Um, we're going to be really quick today. on this because you said Dan Gaspar. We're glad you are healing. I just want to. I've been watching your posts and everything, so I know you're watching right now. Glad that you are out of the hospital and on the road to recovery. Coach Gaspar, Dan, yes. So. Dan Gaspar is a legend, man. I mean, I, I hope I hope when I've been uh, a veteran of the goalkeeper coaching uh, wars. For that long, I'll still be going out there and doing demos like that guy. He's a he's a warrior, man. So shout out, shout out to Dan Gaspar. We we appreciate everything you've done, honestly, for for the game in this country and and and, and throughout the world. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you know, you work throughout the world and everything like that. Um, but like I said, today is a holiday special, guys. We're going to be talking about uh, unconventional holiday gifts out there for the different goalkeepers in your life. You know, there's been a lot of episodes out there on different IG streams or YouTube videos or podcasts or whatever. <laughs> you know, talking about like what glove you should get or what cleat you should get. And I said, you know what? Our show's a little wacky. Our show's a little unconventional. We're not going to go that direction. Uh, I can tell you what not to get. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) But uh, so we were trying to think more about, you know, I think one of the main issues, and Stan, I want to kind of direct this to you first, is because you've been around so many different types of goalkeepers, obviously through the camp shutouts that you've done throughout the years everyone's profile as a goalkeeper is a little bit different, which means every, every youth goalkeeper out there, every adult goalkeeper out there, just every goalkeeper in general thinks a little bit differently. And because of that, they, they want something a little bit differently in their lives. So for a second, why can't you broke, break down what we mean by the profile of a goalkeeper? Boy, you know, I, I think uh, we all have heard how nutty goalkeepers are and crazy goalkeepers are. I think they're actually smart and, smartest people on the field but um at the end of the day they're all they're all told how uh, nutty and wacky they are but the reality is is you've got uh different goalkeepers that are tall and small and wide and thin and lanky and slow and lanky and fast and so many different uh different profiles out there of, of goalkeepers the ones that are they're loud and, and strong and have great inflection in their communication and then you got the Vander Sars who tend to, to stay in the, in the background a little bit and not bark and scream and yell. And so the personalities are different. The physical traits are different. And then psychologically, there's a different makeup with them as well. You, you know, we've all had goalkeepers in this group that you can talk to maybe a little bit more harsh about how their play is and others that if you say something, they're going to remember it forever. So you've got you to manage that a little bit as well. So it's, it's a complicated makeup. Yeah. And, you know, and speaking of complicated makeups, you know, Omar Zini's got a little bit of a complicated makeup because he's got 17 different cameras running and he's got a drone and everything like that while he bought. I love that, by the way. (laughs) Which one? I I love the drone. Oh, no. Yeah. The the drone is pretty sick. I think it's out of my budget, but uh, we were doing that with my stuff for UCLA. So we were doing that and everything. 
cool. It looks good. Look good. <laughs> what I want to what I want to ask you, Omar, is 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 that one thing that like we should kind of take into like if there's parents or you know coaches out there listening in regards to you know things to get their goalkeepers that are going to be beneficial to them, you know should they take kind of like their goalkeeper DNA into account? Um, I mean I don't necessarily think that that's that's you know yeah no I don't I wouldn't say that I think it's just obviously. <laughs> To answer your question flat out, no. But I would say, you know, again, if you're going to buy your kid anything during the holidays, I think a camera is the one thing that I've probably typed out on, on an Instagram DM a lot. Like, go buy the latest version or like the older version of a GoPro, put it behind your goal, and either watch yourself in training or watch yourself in games. And I mean, just literally watching yourself and what you think are your like instinctual decisions and like those decisions may go right or wrong. But like understanding yourself and what what triggers you and what things you see in a game that triggers. Uh, your movement to go or movement to stay. I think that's super important. And I think that's a very, uh, you know, student of the game type thing that you could easily get for your kid. Um, and then again, that's, that's how they could take their goalkeeper coach. And then I can talk about Mike, the goalkeeper DNA, I guess, full circle would be, Hey coach, this is what I'm noticing in my game. Can we try to expose myself to more of these situations that I could really amplify or like, you know, uh, make my goalkeeping profile the best that it can be within that goalkeeping profile. I mean, I, I think you just brought up something absolutely fantastic in regards to when you're looking at like getting something like a camera for instance you know and like Stan I know and Saskia I know both of you guys have been very big proponents about this is like make it an educational tool don't just use it to showcase how great you are and you know Stan I know that's something that you you know you you've talked to young goalkeepers you know at the camps and whatnot in regards to when you see them posting clips of, you know, you know, Stan's game or Keeper Wars or whatever, you know, they're, they're looking at it from kind of the perspective of like, look how great I was as opposed to look how much I learned at camp. Right, right. Well, we have a kid who, uh, who I think is, uh, is quality and uh, hopefully I'll be able to, to send Saskia's way someday. Who knows? She's a sophomore, but she'll bring out her, her simply her phone and um, she's just smart <laughs> enough to edit and she'll edit quick and she'll She'll edit quality, not, you know, just the, the phenomenal save. If it's deemed phenomenal, um, she'll put in a, a, a quality, a quality piece. And, um, you know, that's, that's really, at least today, all you need, you know, she, we brought, she brought the, the, the phone out and we took it everywhere that we trained on the day over a three hour window, obviously breaks along the way and was en ended up able to make a quality little two minute segment for her. And within a day, it was out to a bunch of coaches. And here is a sophomore. Mm -hmm. It's all it took, just her knowledge to be able to edit and a coach's willingness to be able to go, hey, take it anywhere you need to take it, especially in today's day and age where Scott, Saskia can't go out and see somebody or anybody at picking a, you know, Hideki at Stanford can't go out and see anybody. And, you know, you can go on and on and on with the, the college coaches. So make it easy for kids to be able to capture a bunch of video. They'll, they'll do quality editing. Yeah, you know, and one one of the things too, you know, and and, and Sus, Suska, you know, I, I obviously don't we don't we don't yeah. want to discuss it in that regard, but the kids today are just they're, it's it's it's, am, it's, am, it's amazing how I don't want to say just like they're kind of like MacGyvers out there when it comes to and and that's that's a reference that they're not going to get whatsoever. Um, but what we there used to be a show what called a MacGyver, <laughs> and uh, they used to be I able to figure out all. It. Did they remake it? Did they remake MacGyver? I think so. But okay. go ahead. Yeah. But I was going to say is that, is that they're just very, I mean, they can take something like Omar was just talking about, you know, in regards to taking a camera and, and a tripod and they can make it look like a, like, like a, like a studio film. They're just, just so um, innovative. Yeah. 
with what, with what they can do and everything like that. And I think that's something that I think a lot of parents, you know, self need to hear is that they don't, you don't need to spend a lot of money, but you can definitely help them in this journey. No, no, but I think that I agree with what Santa Omar said. It's not, you know, I, you don't want to just see like these highlights, you know, like if you're using the camera, which I think Omar is absolutely, if you're going to get something, you know, it's a camera or get a tripod for your iPhone or whatever, um, but you have to show the buildup to everything you have to, you know, you can't just show the, the end product, whether it's a save or whatever, it showed a buildup. If you're in, if you're training small sided, if you're in with your team, even if you're in goalkeeper training, show the movement across the goal that leads up to the save, show the buildup, show the breakdown of your defense that leads up to having to make the save so that then you can really sit down and and go over it. You know, it's not just about the the save. It's what led up to that and how you how you dealt with um, angles and everything like that. If you're not catching that, if you're not watching that part of it, then you know you're just showing us. You're just looking at shot stopping videos, and and you know we have to have to see everything. And I don't mean like a half an hour leading up to it. <laughs> like yeah. you know, like a minute a minute before. You know, show the breakdown, show how you handled it, show if you were out of position and you recovered and you got back into position, like, let's see that. And that's, that's the the way you should learn from um, taking video of yourself. No, I think uh, another thing that I want to like to bring up to even just, you know, coaches in general, I remember it was at camp shutout last year, John Bush was putting out sessions uh, for all the coaches in the morning. It was like 6am prior to any, anybody waking up. So we'd wake up, we'd go to the field and we'd run our sessions. So I was trying to do like a whole vlog series. I know it kind of gets, you know, pretty hectic and chaotic at uh, Camp Shutout because it's just such a long day. So I didn't have time to edit everything. But when you're there, I was able to film myself in the training session. And I remember watching myself and realizing that like, I advocate to not jump into your wide stance just because that's, <laughs> that's just, that's what I advocate. And, and I saw myself within the footage with like a, like a day before I was making these coaching points. I'm seeing myself jump into a wide stance from, 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 I know, from, from just the footage. But then I still was able to get out of that stance because I did it right. so I did it so early that when the shot came, I was still able to get back into a position where I felt athletic. So even filming myself at Camp Shutout and I'm watching that, then I actually go to my session and it, it helps me skew, like, uh, skew my coaching points a little bit different. So instead of throwing a blanket statement over, don't jump into a wide stance, now I'm able, because I've seen myself, to be like, look, like I know you may not feel it, but let's try and get that. If you know it's going to happen no matter what, do that prematurely if you can. So it's out of the way and now you're athletic again. So I think even from a coach's perspective, what you coach and what you see from other goalkeepers, it's important for you to watch yourself to say like, maybe you don't feel it and maybe the goalkeepers aren't feeling it. And that's why they don't know what they're doing wrong. So right. now you now you can actually tailor and articulate a point a little bit more sophisticated uh, because now you've seen yourself and you're like, okay, I don't feel it, but I see it. So I tell the goalkeepers like, if we can match what you feel and what you see together, that's the epitome of like really having full awareness of yourself as a goalkeeper. And I think that's what video can do for you. I was just going to say, asking uh, Stan right here, you know, because obviously, you know, you work, you work in a club environment. So you're around, around a lot of youth, youth keepers during the year as well too. But um, do you feel that parents should invest on editing software? And Omar, I, I would direct it to you, but you just talked for two minutes. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to direct, I'm going to direct. I'll it defer. To, 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 <laughs> To stand. Do that you was, think the that, parents should- yeah, that's why that's why I was kind of lost. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Omar. Hey, <laughs> thank you. I got your back. You like Saskia? I've said something about what? I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs>
but do you, do you think that parents should invest in editing software for their kids? Do you think that's necessary? You know, if you if you have the resources and and the the kid is ultimately going to be the one doing it and and it helps, you know, sure. If you have the resources, why not? The, the reality is there's enough out there that's embedded into your phone automatically. Yeah. You, don't, you don't have to. Um, it's just another expense, sadly, if, if, if it said that, yeah, you, you must, you know, whether it be buying a whole package somewhere or something. But I, I think that uh, there's enough that can be done uh, for free that, and, and if you're good enough, people are going to notice it, you know, no matter what it is that you do, if you're good enough, either someone's going to tell someone else that you're good enough and you don't even uh-huh. do the video, uh, or they're going to see themselves. Like I saw years ago, Zach Steffen for about 15 minutes at, for, I think it was PDA. It was at a, um, it was at a, a showcase uh, in Florida Lakewood ranch. And you could just smell how good he was. You know, he just bossed, he just bossed the moments and he didn't even really know who he was then, no. but he just bossed everything. You know, you can get video off of your phone. Like we t- you know, spoke earlier and if you're showing well, that's that's enough. You know, I, I don't think uh, the software is not gonna is not gonna make you better. Yeah, I mean, no. I mean, I think that. Go ahead, Sasuke. It's not. I, I, I like. I don't want people to spend extra money on things either. Um, however, <laughs> so, some video that we see is 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 difficult. <laughs> it's from such a distance can't really see what's going on and stuff like that. So if you are going to take video, figure it out, go down to the sideline, um, put your zoom on, do something like, you know, get, you know, because sometimes the video is, I I can't even see what I'm watching, but um, you know, but I don't think you have to like invest in some like major software or anything like that. Just hit zoom. <laughs> I think I think another good thing that you can do right now at this, this you know this during this time of year, especially while there's a little bit of downtime, is you know is is get something for your goalkeeper to kind of invest in themselves, um, you know, in, intellectually. And you know there was a there's a question right here in regards from Michael Shear, and he asks, are there any books that any of you guys recommend? It doesn't even have to be goalkeeper related that uh that the parents or, or coaches should look out for for their goal, young goalkeepers. Look at us all. We're like this. <laughs> Mulqueen had one. Uh, Mulch, as a lot of us know, but uh, he had a good book, and it was maybe a decade plus ago that it came out. I'm, I'm not sure, um, and I don't recall the the name of it. Um, and we also, if you want to go, if you want to go really old, uh, we can go to the Dr. Joe Moshnick. So now you uh. are a goalkeeper. This is from probably the 80s, right? So. I don't know how current that is, but uh, <laughs> Mulqueen's book, uh, Mulqueen's book was was really good, um, and you know he's he's done extremely well in the game. Um, but <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a book that I think would be uh, would be positive. A bunch of yeah. mental books out there that are cross across sports. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, actually, I was just going to say that while while you were bringing that book up right there, I saw that Franz Hoke was involved in that book as well, and uh, and Franz Hoke has a has a new book coming out. Uh-huh. And actually there was a question uh, from an insider uh, that was asked in regards to when, uh, when they can purchase that book. And I honestly say the best thing to do is to consistently monitor Franz, Ho- Franz Hook's uh, social media and his website, because he's very, very, uh, very good at updating that. And uh, trust me, the second he makes an announcement that, uh, that it's going to be released, uh, you're going to know. And I know for myself personally, with 
what he talked about for, you know, on the podcast with, with our, with ourselves, I'm really looking forward to that book, especially, you know, uh, what, what he meant by do not set anymore, because uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to these revolutionary ideas when it comes to goalkeeping. How about you, Omar? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, uh, that's a guy who has so much knowledge and so much experience and like the guys he's played with, I mean, uh, excuse me, the guys that he's coached are guys that I looked up to. So it's always nice to hear those kind of different perspectives and, and, you know, seeing at the next level, the speed of the game. And if you can make any coaching points that'll help us at a young age, uh, as coaches too, to, to start implementing it now so that they are ready to go for the pro game. Yeah. Uh, you know, Saskia, you brought up a really good point uh, a, a, a while back, and that was in regards to don't make your education just be purely about goalkeeping. You know, mm -hmm. you, you, you've mentioned a lot of people, um, Robin Roberts, Billie Jean King, a lot of really prominent people that you've learned a lot about just in life in general and about sports in general, just from their journeys and, 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 and from discussing things with that. You know, how important is it for, for parents to look for things that, that don't have to do with goalkeeping, whether it's a book or whether it's a video or whatever? Well, no, you have to keep yourself well-rounded. You know, there's great inspiration from athletes across the board and non-athletes um, that you can apply to your goalkeeping. You can apply to your life. You can apply to school. And um, it's about finding those those resources and, and, and putting your hands on them. Yeah, Robin Roberts, um, Billie Jean King, you know, you have like a multitude of great books out there from basketball coaches, from football coaches, from everything that 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 cross transcends sport. It, it's not about football. It's not about basketball. It's about the journey in the sport and the journey as an athlete. And, um, you know, that's, what's important. And so you'll find something to identify with whether you're reading like Michael Phelps book or something like that. Like, you know, it just, it's don't keep yourself so focused on just soccer. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you just, just brought up a really good point right there. I mean, Omar, I mean, you were even just discussing it in regards to this morning when you were doing an IG live and you were bringing up other sports and making comparisons right there, because during your, uh, you know, your education as a goalkeeper, you did read up and watch a lot of videos of other sports and other sports figures. Yeah. I think that's, uh, like one of my old coaches, uh, growing up, he mentioned to me just kind of like when you watch different sports, try to, understand like they're very, very similar movements and coordination uh, movements that we teach at a young age. And that's why like the U S has so many, I think so many great athletes, so many great uh, players and goalkeepers as well. It's because we're exposed to different sports. So don't just watch like the NBA just to watch it. Don't just watch uh, the NFL just to watch it. Like if I'm watching the NFL, sometimes I'll watch like the cornerback, the person who's defending the wide receiver. And I see their starting position. They never start completely square. They start a little bit open. So now they have like a pathway to run. So it's just like, wait, so as a goalkeeper, like, maybe I need to have a little bit more of a pathway when I cross up across the goal on a cutback instead of being fully square. So maybe I open my hips a little bit. So now I'm like watching these sports and I'm curious to see why those things make sense. And I think once you do that, the curiosity really starts like taking a precedence and then you step into a session and now you're actually able to um, apply those same concepts. You just brought up a really good point right there because like one of the things that I used to do when I, when I was younger is I would pr pretty much, I would look at training programs for other athletes at my high school. And I would see, oh, I mean, and again, I didn't know much about, you know, sports performance, you know, when I was 16 years old, but I did know that like, oh, the basketball players, like their lateral movement was really solid right here. Maybe this activity that they're doing right there is gonna, ben is gonna benefit me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, would, I would stress out there to look online. There's tons of different training programs, for, especially in the United States for other sports. 
Um, and you can just go on online and, and just do a Google search for them. And you can find a lot of great programs out there because I know a lot of parents, you guys get freaked out and you say, well, I don't know much about goalkeeping, but maybe you know a lot about baseball. Maybe you know a lot about football. Maybe you know, you know a lot about basketball and you can go online and you can say, oh, this is a really good basketball training program. I think some of these things might benefit my youth goalkeeper. So I'm, I'm going to purchase that for them, you know? So, um, with that being said, guys, uh, I want to I want to start moving on to some of these uh, these fun little gift ideas that some people have. And uh, I'm going to start out with uh, with one that I think personally uh, is a lifesaver for any any goalkeeper out there, uh, especially any, you know, uh, 30 plus goalkeeper uh, who still <laughs> thinks that they can play. And uh, that is a that is a that is a Theragun. This is. This is such a great investment, guys. I am not going to lie. I literally have to use this for like an hour before I go out there and start playing in a match nowadays or even striking a ball. Uh, I'm I've completely obsessed. Guys, there's all sorts of different brands. There's all sorts of different price points and everything like that. But basically, the idea of an automatic massage gun, I, I just think is, is, is so strong. Is that, any, anybody else ever tried one of these little guys? I have one. <laughs> You got one? I do. Yeah, I actually have one. I don't know where it is, but I, yeah, I do. I use it every time before I go to practice, and then when I'm done. <laughs> what about uh, what about you, Stan? You 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 pull this out every time you go out there to to hop in the cage? No, uh, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll just leave it at no. No. <laughs> Me either, Stan. <laughs> well, well, wait a well, second. Well, I'm what? not saying there's nothing wrong with it. Saying. Okay. You know, look, look, and, and obviously, guys, look, I mean, I was I was bringing up, obviously, this is kind of a little pricey uh, option for a lot of people out there right now. Um, I know, you know, times are a little bit difficult and stuff. Maybe if you don't have the resources for something like this, I've got I'm just enjoying just pulling this stuff out. I got a foam roll cylinder. OK, oh, yeah. which which does a lot of the same type of activity for you uh, in regards to prehabilitation. Uh, shout out to Jesse Goldman uh, for me to use the term prehabilitation properly. Uh, prehabilitation. I'm looking and, at people uh, on, our, on our, our, our feed right now. Foam roller is the cheaper option. Like everybody's <laughs> like cracking me up right now <laughs> on our thing. Okay. Well, I know everyone uses and, and I know that some people might find foam rollers. Maybe that's maybe they're they're sold out online or they're uh, they're sold out in the stores. You, if you're you guys, can use a, you can use a lacrosse ball or a softball or or something like that if you don't have. A oh, it, it's funny that you brought that up, Saskia. <laughs> there it is. See, and that I, what a segue, and I didn't even know you were going to pull out the base the the tennis ball. <laughs> yeah. But my thing with the tennis ball, to be honest with you, is like this. Actually, Jesse re recommended the tennis ball or the lacrosse ball, uh, as you said. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a little too much for me. I'm not gonna lie. It hurts. I'm a kind of a wuss. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah. Omar, have you ever used the tennis ball? It, work, it works out the knots. <laughs> Try a lacrosse ball. Lacrosse Talk ball. about pain. Yeah. Lacrosse ball, man. I, I think I got one around here somewhere. No, I have. I have. I definitely have. I think it's it's uh as you start to age a little bit more, even as a, as a young player, you should get it. But as a, like from a coach's perspective, those things are lifesavers. If we're doing like back-to-back -back sessions, like I'll do a, a you know, t a 10 a.m. To, to 11 a.m. session. Then like next session starts at like 11, 10, 10 minutes of foam roll, 10 minutes of the gun and get everything going. So I'm at least feeling better for the next session. You get all of you guys are like 26, 27 years old. Well, I, said, <laughs> I said that the other, last, last um, podcast, like we were sitting here watching, Omar like do a lower hand cross the front of the goal save. And then I was like, wait a minute, you're 28. 
I was like, I was winning a World Cup in 28. What are you bitching about? Like, no, I'm retired. I'm retired. You're, you're 28. I was like, I was like, feel. I was like, thought we were all on the same page. Like, you know, too too old to play. And he's like making this great save, and I'm like, what? I was like, you better be. I know. Unreal. Unreal. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Michael Shearer just has a great suggestion in the comments section right now. And actually, this is actually great for, for young goalkeepers. Tiger too. Bomb? Tiger Bomb. Yep. They still sell that? Just I, kidding. I, I'm, I'm sure they do. Uh, they Stan, have a lot got, of versions. Yeah, yeah. They've got all sorts of different types of versions. <laughs> it's like the more hardcore version of Icy Hot, right? Well, when you get older, you use that one that's the, the arthritis one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's true. I'll pull that out, too. I don't know if oh. I like this game. Well, Michael's saying it's Sam's good for cold. And... He says it's good for colder climates and for us oldies out there. So, uh, mm. so that's that's good to know. By the way, guys, uh, some people were saying in regards to Theragun being a little expensive. I don't want to plug the company online, but uh, there is a link in the comment section that somebody just posted. I, I believe it's Mason Benjamin. Uh, if you guys want to check out a, a, a low cost uh, a version of a of a, of a massage gun. Mr. Mis Benjamin. Oh, Mr. Benjamin. Oh, Mason did not post that. Okay. Right. Mr. Benjamin. Seth. <laughs> Seth. Seth. Um, all right. Let's move on to Stan. Stan, any ideas? You know, I, I, I sent you I sent you a couple, um, but, um, you know, I was a little skeptical at first, but over time I have found that glove glue, and this is in particular a sticky portion of glove glue to go onto, onto gloves. Um, has been a pretty, pretty quality product. And uh, so over time, I've found that to be a lot of people are still unaware of the product. So it's something that can enhance your ability to, to catch the ball. Nowadays, more people are interested in, in steering, but at the end of the day, catching is obviously huge. I've also got, um, you know, some, some, some fun stuff here. I'm a big Duke Kaboom fan, so you know you can, your, <laughs> you can get your Duke Kaboom jump set there. Uh, that's another option for your goalkeeper. And then, of course, uh, we can get the often broken Casey Keller bobblehead um, that you might be able to get on Amazon. Maybe Mr. Benjamin can put through a link for that as well. But that's a rare goalkeeping bobblehead. Nick Vorberg, a couple others across the country have their own bobbleheads, but. Um, a, a vat of Vaseline, but we already really covered that to a degree. Uh, I joked about the mannequin hands to put your gloves on when you get home. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different directions you can go and have some, have some fun this holiday season that aren't, uh, aren't terribly expensive. And, you know, at the end of the day, just uh, make sure you're out there training and training and training and improving and the rest of the, the rest will take care of itself. You, you know, it's, it's funny that you just brought that up right, right there, Stan, in regards to, you know, the, the mannequin hands type of a thing. And then do you actually have that picture? Can you share the screen and show everybody kind of what? Yeah, that, I, that, I, I, I don't have it shareable, um, unfortunately. Okay, um, well, while, while you're chatting, while you guys are chatting about it, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to find that picture because okay. I know I have I know I have it right here. Uh, I'll text it to you. They got those glove dogs and different things that are out there to put into your gloves. This can help uh, help them dry, and uh, look at that! Look, look, look at that! Oh my god! Look, look how ingenious that is! <laughs> look how ingenious that is! That is absolutely oh, brilliant. They're going to be buying god. these things. Oh, oh my god. gosh! I mean, <laughs> my, the, the 
craziest thing is like I feel like <laughs> now what's going to happen is people are just going to start walking into like targets and just like asking people like, hey, excuse me, do you mind? Do you have any old mannequins that you're not using anymore? I'd like to saw off their hands and bring them home for my goalkeeper. It says uh, that, that writing, the cursive writing, I think it says Saskia Weber down there. At the... <laughs> <laughs> I would say yes, but those hands are a little pale. Um... <laughs> And they're a little small, big hands. There you go. But, but this is this is a fun this is a fun thing right here, guys. Because the thing is, is that like again, you just you know be innovative, and it doesn't have to be something expensive. And like it, you know, sometimes I know a lot of times, you know, um, friends are trying to you know find gifts for their for their goalkeepers, you know, maybe in their lives, maybe that's a teammate or whatever. You know, you can homemade type of things, ideas like this, you know, um, training programs, mannequins, you know, all that all that sort of stuff, you know, is 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 really good. Um, so okay, you brought up a really good one, and that was I a jump did. rope, right? Jump rope's great. Oh, look at that. Jump rope. You can get two for the price of one on Amazon. Um, it's great, especially in what we've been going through, jump rope kids, um, in what we've been going through, being isolated, being in, like, some people are in apartments, some people are, you know, are in their homes and stuff, but it is in a small space. It works on your fast footwork. It works on um, what is hard to recreate as well as cardio, you know? And um, it's been, I've had a lot of my goalkeepers doing it, like while they're on lockdown and everything, I'm like, guys, grab a jump rope, you know, and I'll send them a jump rope workout. And I know it sounds like, it sounds old school and it sounds like- Awesome. It's awesome, guys, it's awesome. Try it. You're like, I can jump rope, bet you can't. <laughs> I'm like, bet try it for five minutes. <laughs> Let me know how that worked out for you. We have about 70 to 80 goalkeepers in our club and every one of them has to have a jump rope. Yep. And we'll spend the first five minutes rolling out on a, either a foam roller or a ball, or uh, there's a chirp roller that's a little bit more circular, almost like a tire. Uh, it's pretty unique, whatever they use. But then we go to jumping rope. Uh -huh. We'll go so far as they'll be jumping rope and keeping their hands by their hips and not swinging really uh -huh. big. And then we'll toss the ball and they've got to drop the, uh, drop the rope and catch the ball. Um, yeah. And like, and sometimes like with me, I, uh, two of my kids, uh, when I do privates are brother and sister. And like, if I'm training one, the other's jumping rope yeah. while I'm, while I'm working with one, like it's an, it's an option for you coaches out there. If you're training multiple keepers, you really want to focus on one. Hey, you know, if you're circuit training or whatever, here's your jump rope, you know, one footed for 30 seconds or for a minute, left footed, right footed and double and stuff. And it's amazing, like it's, what do we need? We need fast footwork, we need speed, quick twitch muscles and everything. And it is it is small space. You know, if you're stuck in an apartment somewhere during this lockdown, get yourself a jump rope, jump rope. Exactly. Spe speaking of this tight spaces, guys, I, I want to bring up this, this this one right here. See, this is like five dollars. I just want everybody to know. OK, so like, let's see what Mike's going to be out the TRX, which is like one hundred dollars. OK, like, so else. you can actually I know, make a jump rope. <laughs> but, but I know I know some of you parents out there are concerned about the fact that your you know, your your kids, high schools, gyms are closed right now. They can't get into the gym or anything like that. Honestly, I found that personally during the lockdown, this TRX saved, saved me, you know, because otherwise I would have just been sitting around watching Netflix the entire time. But this forced me to have to put this against the door and, and, and I can do all sorts of different body weight activities, um, putting a lot of resistance work in resistance bands work as well too. Um, yeah. but honestly, I have my battle rope battle. What's a battle rope. 
big ones. Oh, those kind. Those those are I, so hard, aren't they? I have it hooked up outside. Yeah. Uh, Omar, you ever use those? Uh, only at the gym. I mean, I, I normally would use a jump rope. I actually got into boxing lately, so I bought like a Ooh, stationary, boxing. Yeah, stationary punching bag. And uh, again, it's, it's if you look at that sport, like finesse with, in terms of like your footwork and getting being shifty in and out. And I think a lot of times when it comes to like, uh, you know, crossing, when people are on top of you, it's just kind of like shifting around people. Sometimes I'll punch the bag and I'll like, you know, work on my footwork, like one, two step getting away. So it's just kind of like transitioning and translating certain exercises to that. Um, but I also like uh, hurdles. I think hurdles are also really, really good to get into like a plyo workout. Um, you know, one-legged, two-legged hops over that. You could even do a combination with uh, jump rope as well. You could even do a combination where you finish that and then you get into boxing. Um, so I think, yeah, those little like fast switch muscles that really hit the ground and go are super important for us. And I think is, uh, is a good opportunity for you to, to do cross training. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, resistance, Dan- resistance bands are the best by yeah. far, I think. And that's that's been like the easiest one for me to to translate in terms of uh, like bi- you know bicep curls or you know putting stuff underneath like my uh, my my foot and I'm just doing like one arm bicep curls doing groin exercises to like strengthen my legs a little bit more um, just a lot of stuff that like you can use without having to go to the gym and I think a lot of us have had to kind of resort to that. You just brought up a really good point. I want to. There's about about five feet away from me is a resistance band. Should I go grab it, guys, no. or should I? Okay, okay. Okay. What is our imagination? You can use your imagination, but but I but I think you know even even one thing, Stan, is that you know you can use those just walking just walking around the house, just walking around the house, and just getting that getting that resistance, you know, putting it in between your legs and between your knees and stuff like that, and just walking around the house, and you're just going to develop better balance, better body shape, all that sort of stuff. Now, Jesse Goldman from Goal Line is probably going to say like, no, don't do that. That's that's an injury waiting to happen. Uh, so so don't listen to Michael. But I, I've done that before, and it's it's it seemed to work for me, or it's placebo. And I thought it and and it made me better goalkeeper because I just assumed that I was a better goalkeeper. Um, Let's uh let, let's move on into some ideas of things to avoid. Okay, there's a lot of gimmicks out there, right? And and you guys all know what we're talking about right here. And parents and coaches out there sometimes because they're not as educated in the position, they kind of fall for these gimmicks. Uh, Stan, are there any that you kind of want to bring up to, to parents and coaches to to try to avoid? Boy, um, <laughs> I, you know, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's plenty. Okay. I think, you know, if someone were to gift somebody, let's say, training, okay, that's great. But I, I think moderation or appropriate level training is something to look into if you're going to do something like that, okay? Maybe you give somebody a, a, um, a three-session package to go wherever, okay? Um, and then you, you, what you really should look into is not doing that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> you know, maybe doing that Monday, 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 or Monday, Friday, Monday, you know, something along those lines. Uh, that's, uh, that's important, at least from a, from a, um, uh, the aspect of making sure that you're, you're, you're smart in your scheduling of training, but as far as products, you know, I, I don't know that there's, um, I don't know that there's a, a gimmicky or negative product that I can think of, you know, things that enhance us as goalkeepers, Storelli uh, is a quality product. Uh, some will stay away from it, what have you, because they don't want extra apparel on or whatever, but it's a quality product. Um, 
but I don't know that there's necessarily anything uh, anymore. Those things that used to loop around your shoes, uh, those things were, were, were crap if you were past four <laughs> years old anyway. Um, so I, I don't know of anything <laughs> that really is, that is something to stay away from, unless you guys prove me wrong. Let's see if Saskia can prove you wrong, because I know I she's know. opinionated. No, I don't. You know, I'm not a gimmicky person. You know that. Yeah. I don't even like, like using the blow-up dummies. Um, but I do. But if I have to, I will. Um, no, I mean, use your common sense. <laughs> like, come, come on, parents. Come on, everybody. Use your common sense. Like, you know, no, no gimmick or product's going to, you know, take the place of hard work, good coaching and educating yourself um, in the game, period. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Omar. No, my, Unless know, Omar's I, got something. No, I don't have a gimmicky thing, but I do want to say there is a gift that you can give, and I don't think many kids have these, is are actually studded shoes, like uh, metal cleats for you to wear during soft ground stuff or when it's raining. I think growing up, I always played on regular, I had regular cleats on all the time, and then I got to the galaxy, and my coach was just like, you don't have soft grounds, are you serious? And I feel like a lot of times us goalkeepers, when we get into those moments, peace of mind is everything. So if we're playing on a wet surface or a field that's a little bit more soft ground, not many keepers have those. So I would say if you have time or if you have taken care of the camera, the tripod, you've taken care of jump rope, <laughs> boxing gloves, everything, I think soft uh, metal metal studs are very, very important to have just in your back pocket, just to, just in case uh, the field's a little bit uh, you know more slick than you think. I was going to get each of my goalkeepers a fire pit and those bicycle fences to park your bike <laughs> in as as a, to enhance their their diving. Um, but I I just didn't. Uh, the, the budget was just a little bit a little bit too much on that. I think it's not even it's not even it's not even the it's the it's the equipment is there, but it's what we're going to try and tell you is whatever your coach is using the equipment, make sure it's supposed to be used for that purpose. There are people like like Stan just said, there are people who buy certain things and then use that in a way that like, yeah, it's good to have poles, right? So like, you know, work on your jumping ability. But if you're literally flying over the top pole, like every single time, or you're doing somersaults over them, like it's just, there's gotta be mod like moderation in it, but also too, where safety is very important. Like Celsius said, like use it wisely. Don't just use it to use it. Don't get creative with it, but like understand why it's being used and don't try and repurpose it for something like, you know, outlandish. Yeah. You, you just brought up a really good point right there, Omar. And I want, I want any, any um, parents out there or, or coaches out there to, to hear this for, for their young goalkeepers is that if you give them a gift of equipment, make sure you know what it's used for, because especially if you have a younger goalkeeper that could lead to injury if they don't know how to use the equipment properly, you know, well, it's the same thing as the cleats, like as the, as the boots that Omar was talking about, like they need to know when to use those, you know, you, you got kids, they think they have the coolest new pair of boots and, and they're using them on hard ground and it's not the proper time. Like it de de defeats the purpose. So if you're going to buy something like that, uh, educate yourself on what it's used for and when it's used. Yeah. I mean, like that, that's one thing. It's like, I, I've seen, I've seen people, I mean, gosh, when I go to the parks and stuff like that, I see people using equipment. I mean, you see this at the gym too. You know, people don't know how to use the equipment at the gym whatsoever. I mean, it's, it, it is scary. It is scary. It is really scary. I mean, some of the things that I've seen people, people doing, uh, with, uh, with, with, uh, all sorts of different equipment at the gym, but I saw at, uh, at the park, I saw, you know, the, um, the skills poles, that you use to put the bands across and then people can use them to go underneath and stuff like that. Um, I saw somebody using those poles. They had them out 
And then they had the goalkeepers running into the poles. Like they're using them as like a mannequin type of a thing. And all I could think of is like, one of those things falls out. There's like a stake, you know, this is my impression of a stake apparently is the little nail thing coming out or whatever. And like, I don't want that. We are anywhere near a young goalkeeper. Mike, the so, thing, thing is Mike, Mike is one of those parents. <laughs> Mike is one of those parents that'll find a way to, to sue you for anything. Like he's, <laughs> he's the kind of, he's the kind of guy would be like, isn't that a little bit, Oh, okay. Let's, let's wait it out. Let's wait it out to see what happens here. Boom. Sue. No. Mike sues you for all you got. <laughs> Spike enters sternum, lawsuit follows. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I definitely see that happening, Mike. Oh my gosh. I heard the story about somebody that sued sued a, um was it, it might have been quick goal or they sued one of the goal the goal line companies um for their kid uh getting hit into the near post, into the edge of the near post. Um and from then on that club had to put padding on the on the sides of the on the sides of the goals to make sure that this kid would not get hit uh by that here i mean here's a here's a tip why don't just why don't you just teach this goalkeeper how to move properly so they're not going backwards into the pole that that, that's just look look into that club to see if they even invested in in anybody to help the goalkeepers yeah (laughs) true snaps to that for sure but you, you brought up a really good point, you know, and then, and then we'll kind of move on from this is that in regards to the different types of cleats, I think, yes, we said, you know, we weren't going to talk about cleats and gloves and stuff like that. But I think if you're going to make the investment rather than getting your kid a shiny new pair of boots because they want a new pair of the latest boot or whatever is make sure that your kid has a, a turf shoe and a soft ground shoe and, you know, a hard ground shoe um, and flats for, you know, futsal and all that sort of thing. So hey, I'm just sitting here do- like, well no well, no because i'm saying that because i'm just laughing i'm like back in the day also to my pre-wrap pre-wrap is underrated tape is underrated especially if you have long hair too i used to have long hair pre-wrap was the best i would tape that up put it around my hair tie it into a little knot i'm telling oh, you God, those, we need those pictures are, of that we need pictures of that <laughs> those are nece- those are necessary things and some, you know, camp shutout merch. I think that's also a, a must have uh, in a care in a care package. Well, yes. Would you look? Would you look at that? You know, <laughs> I can't imagine that you mentioned that. You know, I can't. I can't. Oh, nice. There shutout we go. You know, that would that would be a nice little goalkeeper thing. Oh my that. gosh! And Stan, and if you want, and, and if you and if you want to get that for the goalkeeper that has everything already, where where would you where would you find that? Oh my that would God. be at campshutout.com. <laughs> Shameless. Oh man, we ha- I'm we telling you, to. we're we're gonna get a lot of. I'm I'm gonna do my best once the camp shutout stuff comes back, and you know next year for hopefully you know I'll be invited, Stan. I don't know yet. We'll talk. Yes, you will but be. I I want to make sure a lot of California kids come. I think they're gonna. I tell me, Mike, it's literally Disneyland. I mean, it's just like you get there and then you meet a lot of coaches, but also to the, the players. It's like, man, I wish I would have known about this or it would have been going when I was playing. And I know it was going when I was playing, but I wish I would have had a Stan Anderson in SoCal. And the closest thing we got is Joe Velasco, who is for me like an hour away. I'd rather fly four hours to Wisconsin than drive two hours to, to Joe. It's too far. We got you. We got LA, you. The uh, LA roads, the LA, the LA roads are, are, are miserable, man. It'll take you less time. I'd rather just. I'd rather just. He get to, you could get to Wisconsin faster. You could get an hour and a half, like fifteen miles away. Trust me. Uh-huh. Yeah, Joe. Joe's got to fly me. Joe's got to fly me. I'll drive to Burbank and fly to South Bay. I'd rather, I'd rather do that. 
you know, you, you just, but I mean, obviously we're joking around in this, you know, in regards to the shameless plug and stuff like that, but you know, like just camps in general, uh, parents out there who are listening, like, you know, that is a great investment, great investment for your goalkeepers, not just for, you know, them, the educational aspect of, of going to camps, but the social aspect of going to camps is so huge. And Suski, I know we've discussed this in the past, how important it is for young goalkeepers to socialize with other goalkeepers they don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, yes. And I think, but it's not just that. It's um, understanding what else is out there. You know, you get so used to train, playing um, in your bubble in a sense of like with your team, against the same teams, you know, all the same players in your area and stuff like that. To get out and get about and go to camps and see other kids your age and how they're excelling and what they're doing. Um, and to be in that environment, to be coached by quality coaches. Um, Cause a lot of kids, you know, you know, they might have a goalkeeper coach per se at their club and they might not. And so to be able to get out and go to a camp that specializes and focuses on goalkeeping and teaches them how to, how to train themselves and what to look for when they go home, because not everybody has what, you know, some, some of our kids have um, is, is incredibly important and um, incredibly uh, educational Valuable. and yeah, it has to be. And plus, get away from your parents. Sorry, parents, but like, get away from your parents sitting on their folding chair on the sideline and hovering over you. Like, go and just be by yourself and train and focus and have bad days and good days. Oh, yeah. Without running home to mom and dad, figure it out. Yeah. And, and, and when I would make like a horrible parent, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, figure it out, kid. <laughs> Man. No, but that's so true, though. Like, those camps are, you know, you make – I mean, I told Stan, too, like, as a coach, when I was there, we'd have three sessions a day. The morning session, I remember one time I had a shocking session. I was not prepared. Like, some of the kids that I had in my group, we just – we didn't, like uh, – it wasn't I, – I didn't I didn't articulate my points well enough, and I expected them to understand what I was saying. You, I remember, should have just like, told, you should have just told them that you were actually not Omar Zini, the Pro GK Academy guy. <laughs> you were his cousin. They couldn't, no, they couldn't, afford, they couldn't afford the actual. I want to hear about package. your. Sho- I want to hear about your shocking session. No, I had a, so it was a really, really bad session, and I remember I went to like lunch, and I think it was uh, John Bush, or even I think it was maybe Stan. I think Stan, like, how was it going? I was like, ah, man, you know, had a rough one. I honestly didn't, you know, it wasn't uh, wasn't my best. I think they just said, you have another one in like an hour, dude. Just like figure out what happened, <laughs> and then and then figure it out for that next one. And I remember the next one was a little bit better, and then by the by the night, it was probably like night and day from the morning. And I remember like going to dinner and I was like, man, I had so many like drastic emotions. I was a failure as a coach, terrible. But now at night, the morning session didn't even happen. And I feel like when you have the those kids who go into these camps, as long as, again, if someone is letting them know this is what's going to happen, there's going to be a lot of fluctuation of your emotions. You're going to miss home. You're going to be sad that you had a bad day. You want to show this, this, and this. But trust me, if you just see it through, by the end of the week, you're going to be leaps and bounds ahead Absolutely. of who you are. And that's honestly why I loved camp shut out not even as a, as a player i loved it but as a coach i was like man i from monday to friday i was literally completely different coach because now you're just like you're having to come to terms with what you made a mistake on okay don't don't deep don't dig too deep into it what is the root of it you don't have time to dig too deep what's the root of it how do you fix it boom apply it and it was um, that's, i love that part to all the parents out there i was referring to children going to camp and having to deal with their emotions. Somehow this turned into Omar and having a nervous breakdown at camp shutout. When he was a coach. <laughs> I just, 
I was referring to it's a growing experience for the kid, not the coach, Omar. No, see, I, <laughs> honestly, I'm very these, proud of you. These parents can't, these parents, I don't know if the parents can take you seriously with that hat. Naughty, naughty, naughty. I don't, I don't know if the parents are going to ever, they're going to call, they're going to call Stan and be like, is Omar my kid's coach? Because is he going to be all right? Is he, is he emotionally compromised? Can you make sure my kid's not getting coached by him? I don't want him to have a breakdown. Just make sure that everybody like, just, just stand. Whatever you do, just make sure that Omar's session is the better session, not the worst one. There you go. <laughs> I think what's important when you go to a when you go to an event like that, goalkeeper specific wise, more so than let's say a college ID event where you might not even get any goalkeeper training and there yeah. might be six others, that's it. But when you go to something that has a, a few, quite a few. When you're in your club and you're insulated, as Saskia was mentioning, or if you don't have anybody that works with you as well, and then you might have only your teammate that you really compare contrast against for the most part. Now you go to a, a larger scale event where you've got kids not only from other parts of your state, but other states and other countries that you're going, wow, they're kicking my backside or, you know what, I'm not as bad as I think. And that compare contrast on a peer level, I think, is um, – P-E-E-R level on a peer level they they I think they take home more when when you look at it that way than maybe you know my words or uh, Omar's words or Michael's words or Dougie's words whoever um, whoever may be teaching them but I, I think when they when they see somebody else and they're pretty damn good mm -hmm. you know it's an eye-opener yeah that, that, sure. that's why Omar used to get up at five in the morning at camp to go train because and he would every every night he would come back and be like Mike I just I just hope I just do and have done enough to make the Keeper Wars team for Friday I just really <laughs> hope that I, I've done enough to make the Keeper Wars that I've impressed man, enough that, and, and that when you made the more, roster man. dude you, you threw your you fist a in the camper? air. I'm so confused at this conversation. Stan can explain it. Stan, Stan can explain it. But all I'll say is that all I will say is that 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 event at the end of the at the end of the whole week was such an amazing opportunity. Like I my, my adrenaline was pumping more than I had ever felt before since I played. I swear I was so nervous to like miss the frame because if you miss the frame, you have to go sprint to get the ball. I missed the frame during the whole thing, and I'm like, oh my god, these guys are gonna kill me if we concede. I'm gonna go. So I sprint and I'm like jumping over stanchions. I'm coming back, grabbing the ball. Oh my God. It was, it was something else. It was such a fun time. That, that is a, that is a good time. I, I, you know, there's about six, 700 people there and, and that's, uh, that's, that's pretty fun. That's yeah. pretty fun. You earned that nod. And by your <laughs> next <laughs> minutes, I'm, I'm getting you coffee every single day. The next year, that <laughs> the next year that we're all in these pretty damn nice comments. I, I get your coffee. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. It's, it's, it's something else, man. It's such a good time. I, I swear. It's just, yeah. I yeah. mean, you don't need a publicist. Just send Omar out. <laughs> <laughs> if, if Angel City is not playing at that time, you know, perhaps you can grace us with your presence as well. I would love to. We don't play till 2022. Okay. But I do have UCLA camps, hopefully. But we'll find a time. I'd love to. I'd absolutely love to. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, let's uh, let's uh, let's let's. By the way, I'm not playing Keeper Wars and jumping over stanchions and stuff. <laughs> So, Unless Suska, Mike's you, bringing that motorized thing with him, I'm not doing any of that. You, you can opt out of the selection. There's a <laughs> draft. There's every type of draft. There All right, is. cool. Let's be honest, Suskia. The second you show up, people are going to be asking you if you are playing in the Keeper Wars. Oh, and uh, 
it'll probably just be the same thing as like when John with John Bush and everything like that. Maybe you and Bushy should be the two coaches, the two Hall of Famers there out there, <laughs> <laughs> coaching like out said, there. Yeah. And then Omar gets cut. That would be uh, that would be the most difficult oh, boy. situation. Keep the lore alive. That'd be a long, <laughs> be a long, long flight at home for sure. Um, <laughs> while, while we're wrapping up here, guys, uh, I wanted to do something a little bit fun. I wanted to share if anybody's got any. Um, any holiday <laughs> stories of any gifts that they got in the past that they want to share uh, on the air a- as we're wrapping up. And uh, we'll start with uh, Mr. Storyteller himself, Omar Zini. So I'm sure he's got one. Sorry, well, w- one more time. I missed that whole thing. I said, I, any, I, gifts? You want, any gifts you've gotten in the past that you want to share uh, positive or negative experiences uh, as a goalkeeper, man, I have a story that my, if my, I think my friend listens to this, unfortunately, but he had, when we were younger, I think I was like, we had a white elephant thing and I was the person who could steal the gift at the end. And nice. he didn't have a backyard, but he got this like, he doesn't have a backyard, put it that way, right? And I have, I have a big backyard. He had a, he got this little mini goal with a little ball. Mm-hmm. And I remember I could see his face. He was so happy that he was going to be the one to take that thing home. And I got to the last thing and there were like five other gifts, but you know, I could have taken, but I stole it from him. And till this day, he'll never forgive me. He's like, dude, you don't even, I have no backyard. I would have used this in my house, like use technical, like technique and like actually shot in this thing. And you did, I, I used it like twice. But that was like my favorite memory of like a holiday thing of like, we're best friends. So like, we're fine now. But in the moment he was so sad. And you know, sometimes when you say a mean joke and you don't think it's going to be taken very like that bad or you do something mean, it's like, ah, oh, it's funny. But to them, it's like a very serious, man, this kid's emotion went from like, just completely steel face, started crying. It was horrible, but yeah, it was, it was rough. I mean, he came over to my house and used it every once in a while. So it was cool, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's worse. That's I know it worse. was bad. That's was like, bad. you're torturing him, like teasing him with it. You're like, Remember <laughs> I know, this? I know, yeah. You can use it every <laughs> once in a while. I know, dude. I know that was, that was my, that's, that's the worst. Yeah. The worst one I've ever, I've ever, I was like, I was like 10 or 11. I thought it was funny, but I had to reevaluate what I thought humor was. Oh my God. Let's just st- stand. I'm going to, I'm going to pass to Saskia because oh, oh no. if, if this is okay, because I think I might have mine coming down the stairs at the moment. And I'd, I'd like to <laughs> do it, you guys, if, if tanks bringing it downstairs here, That's um, Saskia, do you, is that all right? No. Yeah, absolutely. I got nothing. Um, oh uh, I can go no, first if honestly, honestly, I can't remember the name of them. There was a pair of Puma uh, studs. They were, they had yellow and red on them. They were metal. And I just remember they were just like back then they were just, you know, they were like a hundred over a hundred dollars. And that's a long time ago, kids. Um, And so, so they were just like everything I'd ever wanted. And I just remember getting them um, at Christmas um, and being totally stoked about it. But yeah. Well, I, I I don't have it. I don't have it as a visual, but I wish I still could remember the name of them. But go ahead. The uh, at the Anderson and then the Purath families will have um, a a uh, what do they call it when everybody throws in a get a grab bag? All right. And so I have ended up with uh, over the years Packer items that <laughs> I have no interest in as a Chicagoan, but one year I ended up with a leopard skin snuggy and um uh, oh, just, i have this, i thought this had something to do with soccer forget it i could come up with a lot of stories now <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Oh my That's, god. Uh, See the leopard snuggie stand. The, the, the gift I'll never forget. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have I have two. Uh oh god, for, that's for, for, awesome. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know if they're gonna compare to this, but this this one was a little bit ridiculous. So back in the day, uh, you know, when I was when I was starting out, um I uh I remember the first time I got one of those pairs of like those legit goalkeeper pants, you know, like those like old sport or yeah. some deco goalkeeper pants. I got those and if I don't know if everybody remembers, but like they used to have those stirrups, like those little um those little sleeves that you're supposed to put underneath the boot so that the pants stay on. Yeah, the stirrups. Right? Like, yeah, the stirrups. Well, yeah. I didn't know that that's what those were for. So I just put the pants on and I went out there and I just have them flopping around and everything like that. And uh, I just kept getting caught in like, the, in, you know, in like in like rocks or like, you know, like the rope, you know, like the, the, the goal rope and everything like that. I was literally an absolute disaster. And I was like, these are the worst. These pants are the worst. I can't believe uh -oh, pros wear uh -oh, these pants. Hold on. Okay. There it is. The leopard Snuggie. Oh, my, oh my God. gosh. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, wow. there it is. Oh, my God. It's the leopard Snuggie onesie. There's the arm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> that looks uh, that looks very comfortable and completely. That's awesome. I know. Remember, like gold goalkeeper pants, like padded pants and padded knees and hips and everything. I mean, I never wore them, but I was like, and my kids, they'll come. You know, you got the kid that comes out to practice, and he's like the kid from um, uh, a Christmas story that like can't move, and you're just like, <laughs> you're like if I teach you how to dive right, you don't need pads, <laughs> like, you know, but. I remember oh my gosh. a teacher out of uh, St. Charles, Illinois, that as a, as a young one, 10, 11, 12, maybe 13, he showed up like that, jean shorts, guards outside the socks, the whole thing, sport goggles, and, you know, you, you, you looked and you went, eh. But I'll tell you, in the next three, four years, the kid shot up to I 17 bet. years old, 6'4", went to Dayton on a scholarship, had a good <laughs> career. It's like that formative time between 12 and 18 the, those awkward times. Yeah. Oh my! Oh my gosh! Well, Omar, Omar used to dress like a Love cyborg. It. He used to wear every single type of pad pad known to man. He was uh, even talking about it on I the did. IG live earlier today with uh, with Ariana uh, Cushione, where uh, where um Never you would uh, you would wear it and then for just for just for warm ups and then you would take it all off for the game because that was when it would yes. you to get serious. Well, there's that it was comfort. There's that famous story for me when I cut the sleeves off my jersey at um, Soccer Plus. And Tony, I was like, you know, remember the yellow, the black and yellow, the Adidas with the three stripes, the, the thin. So it was Houston, we were at Rice University and it was summer and it was a thousand degrees and a thousand percent humidity. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I don't wear pads. And so I cut it into a short sleeve shirt. And I'm like, which became a style after that. And then Tony, Tony DeChico decided, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna, they told this um, story at his funeral actually. And um, we're gonna show, we're gonna show Sauce, come on, you're gonna demo forward, forward front smothering <laughs> on like a dry, dry field in Texas. And it was like, again, 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 front smother, front smother. And I came up and it was like blood, blood. And I was like, all right, all right. Yep. So. Oh, oh my gosh. The I want to share this one, you guys, before before we wrap up, if you guys are willing to indulge me, because I really, really thought this might have been the worst invention in the history of cleats ever. And uh, you guys may know what this is. Uh, 
it was a very, very expensive gift. I got this for the holidays, you know, uh, back when I was a kid. But Adidas uh, came up with this make your own boot kit where you could make your own cleat and and you you put the shoe together yourself and it had different studs and different different bottoms that you would you would attach to it and everything like that and and it was a very 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 expensive gift and it was probably also the worst boot ever created uh <laughs> for 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 humankind um i mean it for literally humankind. fell apart the second you walked on the field and i don't know <laughs> if you guys remember this boot the, the this uh, this no. make your own okay so maybe i'm the only one that speaking of gimmicks that might have i might have been so they might have just made this shoe for me you and might have been, been the a only person that purchased it yeah i feel like this might have been a prank of some sort peel off a glove palm and put a new palm on i've seen that but no, no, this was, a, I wish I could, I, if I could go online and, oh, that's interesting. and, and, and find, I got, and I got to head out. I got, I got training. Okay. I got to head out. All right. Well, we'll hey, video that left foot. <laughs> I will. I'll, use, use the I'll drone. Use over. the drone. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. I'll send that to you for sure. Uh -huh. Merry Christmas, kiddo. Dude, All right. Omar. See you guys. Later, 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 Omar. Bye. All right, guys. Should should I? Do you want to? Should we wrap up right now, or should I try to find this shoe real no, quick? No, we can wrap. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> okay. Wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, uh, Stan, thanks for joining us for this holiday special, guys. Uh, thanks to everybody out there for all your support throughout the entire year. This is going to be the only show this week. Uh, we got holiday celebrations going on uh, that we're going to be enjoying time with our families and everything like that. And if we uh, if we don't connect with you guys, uh, no, we'll have one episode before uh, before the new year next next week um but uh but honestly just thank you for all your guys support and stan thank you for uh supporting everything we're doing and everything that you're doing uh with with the camp and everything like that so great stuff thanks for having me on guys all the best success to both you guys and omar and his left foot and uh we'll see you guys on the on the new year absolutely guys, happy holidays everybody Happy holidays, guys. Contact at insidethe18media.com if you have a guest suggestion or topic suggestion at Suskia underscore Weber on all social media platforms at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social media platforms. Make sure you check out Camp Shutout. It's www.campshutout.com. Right, Stan? You got it. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys later. Happy holidays. We're out. Bye, guys. Hey, Insiders, it's Michael. Before we move on to our next segment with Blackburn Rovers goalkeeper coach Danielle Hill, wanted to give a shout-out to Insider Nelson the GK, who writes, There's a reason why this podcast is rated five stars. The information provided is game-changing. Not only are the hosts very intelligent coaches and mentors, but the people they interview have so much knowledge that can help us goalkeepers as well as coaches. Thanks, Nelson. And if you want to get a shout out, just leave a review on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. Literally takes 10 seconds and helps people find us. Plus, we may shout you out and read your review on air. If you don't have an iPhone, borrow a friend's iPhone. It's just that easy. Thanks for all the support and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Madgett, live from Palm Desert, California. That's right, Omar. I've switched it up a bit. Wow. With me, yep. With me, you know him as the czar of the virtual background, 
amazing Blackburn Rovers background today. <laughs> the one and only Pro GK Academy, Omar Zini. And the reason he's got that background is because we have goalkeeper coach for Blackburn Rovers, Danielle Hill joining us. Dan, thanks for stuff for, for being a fan of the show. Honestly, that, that means a lot to us. Oh, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, I've been um, I've been having a little look through and seeing who the guests are just to make sure it was uh, legit. But yeah, no, I was really really looking forward to uh, to coming on and talking about it. Well, so so let's basically for a lot of the people out there who might not be kind of familiar with kind of you know um, the game over in the UK and everything like yeah. that, and kind of like you know your transition from being a, a player not that long ago to becoming a goalkeeper coach. Uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about kind of like your role at Blackburn Rovers and and how it came to be. Um, yeah, so um, I was yeah, as you said, I was a player for for quite a while. Um, was playing, um, so I played at the higher level. So I played at Everton, played for England, and then um, and then unfortunately, when I was about twenty one, um, got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. So kind of played through um, a, like a tough um, like obviously it's a disease. So I played through that. Um, and then I had to come down a couple of levels just, just because of how my body was reacting to, to um, how I was playing. Um, so I played at Blackburn when they were um, national premier league. And when I went in there, they were, um, they were doing okay, but not, not, not great. Um went in as a player um literally was there a couple of weeks and then got managed to to get me start and then played ever since then for three, four seasons. Um, and then when I got to um got to about 29 and I was like, right, I'm ready to I'm like I, I, although 29 is a young age for a goalkeeper, with with the body that I had, I, I was like, right, I, I can't keep doing it. Like I'd play on a Sunday and I couldn't train until a Wednesday. That's how bad my body was. So um I, I tried to retire at 29. Um, so Gemma Donnelly, who's the, the manager, has been there for about 15 years. She was like, every time she'd be like, oh, just one more season, one more season. So he ended up retiring about six times um, and then officially, officially retired last year. Um, so I did sign on for last year, but it was more for um, the progression to um, support the goalkeeper coach and um, support the younger goalkeepers and then obviously potentially have that transition into um into the coaching side so uh probably around about this time last year um the, the goalkeeper coach unfortunately um couldn't stay on with Blackburn so it was just an opportunity that I couldn't really like you know not take up um and uh, obviously I still had to go through all the the process but I, I even before that I was like right well I'll support and um, did the did the sessions with the goalkeepers really really enjoyed it and I always knew that was something that I wanted to go on to anyway Um, with I did have experience before but it was very much football like playing was you know the when I was leveling it out, it was always the playing before it became um, the coach. But then, absolutely, in the last couple of years, it's gone more coaching to playing. Um, and then, officially, last year, um, ended the contract as a Blackburn player, moved on to the coaching staff, um, and then COVID hit. Um, so we were um, we had a couple of weeks off. Couple it was a couple of I ended up being about two or three months, and then I've just kind of got back into it. Obviously, with us being elite classed as elite, and um, we we actually trained through COVID. We had a couple of weeks off, but then trained through COVID. So for me, um, pre seasons being it was amazing for for me to have the goalkeepers. So I got to select who I wanted to come into the to the team. I picked the profile of the goalkeeper. What I felt was the right 
fit for the um, the Blackburn team. And then I actually developed the, the players as it through. So this has probably been my first full year as, as coaching. So I'm quite new and a, quite a, a novice when it comes to um, the, the, the complete goal, goalkeeper as a, as a coach. Um, but I feel like I've brought absolutely the playing experience and all of the levels that I've played at. Um, I now see it from I see it from a coach's point of view, but I also see it as a player's point of view. And I think it's really, really good to have that on the co- on the, the coaching side of it as well to to understand the demands of the goalkeeper. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things that, that Omar, I mean, he, he always discussed this in regards to his channel, you know, and one thing that I'm, I'm really big on myself personally is that as you're developing as a player, you need to understand the game. And, and honestly, you need to become a student of the game. The way I, I am with my goalkeepers, like I want them to be able to go and run a session for somebody. Like if, if they can't run a session for them, then I, I feel like I've, I haven't done You've my job. Yeah, because they're they're dependent on me or they're dependent on any sort of any sort of coach rather than as understanding the position. And, and and Omar, I know you've been really big on that as well too. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. I think that's the end all be all for coaches is is if you're not there, can your goalkeepers not only run the session, you know, put a session together, but also understand the things that you as a goalkeeper coach are trying to look for, uh, the coaching points that you would make. All the things like that are super important. I think my goalkeeper coach growing up at the the Galaxy Academy, he would always say, guys, like if I'm not there, you guys should be able to coach yourselves. And he allowed us the opportunity in the sessions to, if the U18s, and when I was the U16s at one point, so the U18 guys would take us under their wing and they would tell us, hey, you need to do this better, you need to do this better. And then as I got to the U18 level, because he allowed that space for the older guys to coach the younger guys, now I'm seeing the position again. I'm trying to help the younger guys and I'm trying to give them a little bit of uh, uh, understanding of what the coach is looking for, what we want as a, as a goalkeeping unit to have the sessions run smoothly. So it's super important. But Danielle, I want to ask you a follow-up question to that. Like as soon as you got into coaching, did you, I think when I got into coaching, I realized, Oh my God, there's so many things that I should have been doing as a player. Was there anything that kind of stood out to you? Um, I think probably looking after my body a little bit more was probably a Same. big one for me. Yeah. Um, so like after like after a game on a Sunday, I, I I did a little bit of recovery, but I, I absolutely didn't do enough. Um, and then I think even not not coaching as well. I think when I got older, I realised that. And then I was like, right, <laughs> as a as a coach, that's something that I'm really gonna. It, it becomes one of those things that you just become like, oh, don't forget to do your, your ice baths. Don't forget. And now the guys, the girls, don't even. They, they go to me yeah I've got it I've got it yeah I know because I'm just like honestly like you, if you look after your body you'll, you'll go so much further in your career so that that was probably the biggest thing for me is a uh, recovery <laughs> yeah no I, I was the same way like I remember uh just you know post game I in sessions in preseason I think and everybody's taking the ice baths you're, you're good but I think like just diet for myself included diet uh when it came to going to the gym I remember I had a game against uh, people who are international to know this, but like Sacramento State is like our bigger, biggest rival in our in our conference. And the day you before, you saying Sacramento my... State is not like world renowned? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> They're definitely not. They're definitely not. People don't even know who UC Davis is. But anyways, we, you know, I had I hadn't worked out in a long time, and we had our strength coach, and he said, "Hey guys, I want you guys to come in." So we had individual workouts, and I went in. I did bench press. I did all this stuff, and then the game obviously came, and my I couldn't lift my arms up over my shoulders. My body was so sore. And ever since that moment, I said, I'm going to swear off of lifting for the rest of my life until I'm done playing. And I just realized that, like, had I actually had the proper habits and I would have actually 
you know, spaced it out or started in preseason or even before preseason, just kept it a part of my lifestyle. I wouldn't have been sore. I could have had body management, like, you know, weight management in terms of uh, the, the uh, amount of weight that I put on the bar. So then I would have been just, you know, progressing little by little by little and then having my body be able to fight off what a full season throws at you. And I think that is something that I really do wish. And now that I'm not playing anymore, I, I eat better. I work out a lot more. I take care of myself. I get the proper sleep. I just wish all those things were a part of or benchmark a part of my uh, uh, my career. But again, there's so many different factors, you know, the the college scene, the fun scene. There's so many things you can do that you get caught up in. But I think hindsight's 2020, and I wish I would have done that more often. I, I just want to say right now, by the way, guys, uh, Suskia Weber has has joined us. Hey, uh, guys. Sorry, I was late. So. Hi. Hey, how oh, you doing? <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah, good. Nice Thank to meet you, you, too. I'm good. I came in right at the right time. I'm telling you, because I, <laughs> I mean, I know I would have gone further in my career had I done other things as well. I mean, I tell the kids. Okay, you were an elite athlete. What are you talking about? You know, I, think, <laughs> I know, but I don't, I don't think I would have retired as soon if I didn't have a herniated disc in my back and stuff like that. Oh, um, but I think even now, older, like, you know, getting out of bed hurts. But, but it's, um, I absolutely feel that. I know. Like I had to squat down and look for something under the bed today. And I was like, oh my God, how am I going to get back up? <laughs> but, but it was, um, I, I tell a lot of parents and stuff like that. Like, they're like, what would you have added and stuff? I, and I hate yoga, but I'm like, do yoga twice a week, do something yeah. like, cause the girl, you know, the girls don't stretch. They don't, you yeah. know, they warm up properly. They don't cool down properly. Absolutely. And, yeah. and even with UCLA, like we're on them. We're just like, why aren't you guys cooling down? You've got to cool down. And then that turns into like a, you know, a social session. Uh, that, that's it. That's an international thing. <laughs> yeah, they're all, they're all hanging out. They're all hanging out, kind of walking, kind of stretching, talking about <laughs> yeah. stuff. And we're like, you know, with the national team, we had like, we had proper cool downs and we had like, um, partner partner stretching and all of that stuff but I think that uh, you know that's something that everybody has to do starting even at a young age and kids think they're invincible yeah. they they get out of, even when I do privates they get out of the car and they're like ready to go and I'm like Kim we gotta warm up you gotta stretch you know yeah. they're like you yeah. know they're, they're they're eating cheeseburgers and oh. playing a game <laughs> yeah. I wish. Good. Think about it. Like kids after a game, even they what they jump in the car. I don't know what they do after that. I I, I want to say this right now because I, I love what everyone's saying right here because we're all talking about like our what ifs. Like what if we had done this? What if we had done that or whatever? And it's honestly it is really hard. To, and Dan and Dan, you know this. That like you know to to tell a twenty three year old you know like hey you know what you really need because when you get to be my age you know that's gonna because they just think they're like well that's never gonna happen like it's not yeah. me like I. I'm never going to have, I'm never going to be in that position whatsoever. Um, and then now, as you know, all three of us here are all coaching. Um, and, uh, and then the thing, is it four or three? I can't count. Anyway, there's three of us, right? One, two, one, two, three, four. There's four of us. I'm really bad at math. What um, is going on, Mike? <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, but we're all transitioning. We've all, we've gone, all gone into coaching. And I'll be honest with you. One of the reasons I want to do this topic is because I feel that I don't take care of my body the way that I should uh, to be the best goalkeeper coach that I can be. Um, and it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different than being a player, you know, Dan, and as you know, as you've recently retired and everything. So kind of as we kind of ease into this, you know, into this topic right now, what, what do we kind of mean by, by fitness and, you know, and, and, and a certain level of fitness that, that we're looking for? 
I think as as a goalkeeper coach, you've kind of got a little bit more responsibility on you know a lot of the time you you one you one on one with a goalkeeper, so your technique, your quality, your service, all has to be top quality for them to, to for them to get their service and and obviously their session out of it. Whereas if you're a, a coach on an outfield, you've normally got you know five, six, seven at least other players that could do a demo for you or you know whatnot. Um, whereas we are you know their sole saver. Sometimes I have two or three other goalkeepers, but most of the time I will just be one v one. So I think um, you. you I think that's a big one for other coaches as well to to understand that we, you know, we have to really maintain our fitness, our bodies, our making sure that we're stretching before sessions. And you might look like, oh, you know, keep the keen coach there stretching, but honestly, that that when you know you're doing a, I don't know, one v one, you you having short sharp movements, and then if you're doing edge of the box stuff, you're taking a touch and actually striking the ball. Like I've said, I said to the girls sometimes when if they're doing it and they're, they're striking it and it's you know it's dropping into the goalkeeper, you don't. That's not game related. Game related is you want you know that striker's going to put it in and, and fire it in. So they're the type of services that we want. So I think for me that is the biggest the biggest part of it is that the goalkeeper. If you're not fit enough to do it, the goalkeeper won't won't get what they need out of the session. Yeah. So that, that's a big thing for me. I mean, I yeah, I, I think the the real the real thing is that is that when you're talking about that striking of the surface serve uh, service thing, and we had Paul Rogers on not that long ago from from Houston Dynamo who who worked with the women's national team for a long time, and 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 he he's such a big proponent of like the service makes the session. If the service Absolutely. isn't, if it's not good service, and and Omar, I know that you went back and forth, and you're like, I need to improve my service, and the only way I can improve my service is changing those habits that you had as a player, your diet, yeah, your strength stretching all of that so why don't you kind of talk a little bit about that no no i think definitely i think that's you know whenever we talk about uh you know whatever the session goal is if it's a one one-on-one session or if it's a group session you obviously throughout a season you don't want to beat your goalkeepers up so that service has to be so clean so that we're working on i, I call it fast approach slow arrival like fast movement into a deceleration movement prior to a shot and, and a lot of times we're just focusing on that movement and if you can't mm-hmm. strike a ball consistently let's say it's a half volley or balls that are dipping right in front or even, you know, shots off the ground, right foot and left footed in the bubble, then the goalkeeper is not going to get what they need. And so as the season progresses, not only are the goalkeepers going through it every day, you're also stepping in there as well. Like, I mean, I remember at Cal State LA, when our starting goalkeeper, he had the day off, I was still out there with the backups and we had three, four guys out there. So I'm still striking balls, even on, you know, starting goalkeepers off days. So my hamstrings, my groin, my hips, all that. So I needed to take ice baths. I needed to put ice bags on my knees for my knee tendonitis. I needed to do all this stuff. But again, all those bad habits needed to kind of be put to the wayside and understand that if I want to have a long and consistent, uh, you know, career as a goalkeeper coach and serve the ball the way that I want to, and then create, you know, recreate, uh, simulate and recreate, uh, what's it called? Game realistic sessions to strike the ball like a striker does. You got to be fit and you got to make sure your body's taken care of. So that's what I would say is do a lot of that stuff. But at the same time, so much information on YouTube that you can go and watch. We're not experts, but there is still enough information for us to go out there and uh, obviously, you know, really make use, make use of it. Now, Saskia, you were, you were, you were fit your entire career. You, you're still, you're still a very, very, very fit person, you know? <laughs> so you obviously came from it. You had this certain discipline of you, uh, you know, com- coming into coaching and everything like that. But even you yourself said, you had to kind of change a little bit of the way that 
that you approached everything because it's a little bit different. It's not a two hours, you know, and then cool down type of a thing. It's like, I'm out there on the field for four hours, maybe with kids. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, not so much anymore, just with UCLA, but even in the beginning, this fall, like in the beginning of the fall, we had to split the sessions because of COVID. And so I was out there for four hours. Um, and, and I think that, it's, I, you know, identifying, I can't train like I used to try my, it used to be my job. I used to train six hours a day in some capacity, whether it was in practice, then it was weights, then it was whatever, um, uh, working with different types of coaches and stuff like that. I, you know, I can't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> and, um, it's kind of, you know, keeping yourself strong enough to be able to strike those balls. But I, to be honest, also knowing your limitations, like, you know, there's no way right now that, you know, I can, I'm dropping in like 40 yard crosses. It's, it's not going to happen. You're going to get a couple out of me, but thank God I do have several goalkeepers <laughs> and I can always use some strikers and stuff like that. But as far as like um, services um, around the box, in the box and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, um, you have to be on point. You have to stretch. You have to, I, because I've definitely pulled some stuff and like I've skipped it and come out and just started striking balls and knowing that that was just the wrong move. Um, and as far as like fitness, your question, if I go to players um, and not us old people, if I go to players and I hate the, I hate parents, especially I don't coach club anymore, but you know, you get those questions like, why, why does my kid have to run the same fitness as the team does because they're a goalkeeper. And my answer to them is that fitness testing is a, it gives us a baseline of an athlete and fitness. And then we move on from there, you know? And so if, if you're required to do the beat test, if, if you're required to do one twenties or something like that, you know, there's a certain baseline we're looking for. Um, and, and then, you know, your goalkeeper fitness might go on from there and stuff like that. And yeah, I get it. You know, maybe the goalkeeper doesn't have to do as many three hundreds or as many one twenties, but they do have to do a certain amount to let us know that they're baseline fit. Um, and I also add into that because especially with COVID, you know, my goalkeepers coming back and they're, they're fit. Trust me, they're fit. They're fit as a field players, but they haven't hit the ground. And so I'm like, now you have to add on your goalkeeper fitness, because if you haven't hit the Mm -hmm. ground, your body is going to be in shock. And I I equate it to like a football player that doesn't, they don't use, um, there's no contact. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to get out there on Sunday and you're going to get nailed by like a 350 pound lineman and your body's not used to that. Well, if you're throwing your body all of a sudden up and down off the ground, you're going to hurt something if you haven't been doing that consistently. And you can do that on your own as well, whether it's up downs where it's just collapse dives or whatever, but that's a different type of fitness. And it's, you know, and Absolutely. yeah, it, it's, it's true. And I've got a great story about oh, that. I want to hear it. <laughs> so we were, it was when we were preparing for, we were preparing for a World Cup. It was England under twenties. Um, and it was the likes of Steph Houghton, so the England captain at the at the minute. Um, it was like Ellen White, so all the first team now. Um, and we were in Chile, and it was like the the 
tournament before the World Cup and it was the exact same question. It was like, oh, why do we have to do all the same fitness as the goalkeeper, uh, the outfielders? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that that's just what we've got to do. And that, then the goalkeeper, the outfielders go, uh, well, you know, we, we're just as fit as the goalkeepers. And we were like, okay, let's do... Oh, I got to say, story. story. I'm talking <laughs> basic. So we did a session. I, I, I was the goalkeeper at the time. So I'm the English 20s and it was the, um, the goalkeeper coach who just delivered. And I'm talking, he was three cones and it was a tap 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 dive right, oh, right. six of them were in the in the physio room after <laughs> it they only done it for 15 minutes six of them were in the physio yeah. room old hips old groins <laughs> and that is like, yeah and that is like the the basic stuff yeah. and, and you don't realize that the those type of fitnesses is a completely different to an outfield yeah i, I have brilliant and that story. i have a great story mia ham yeah. We were, and she tells this story as well. We were at, um, we were in camp and they were doing fitness and we were doing uh, pressure training fitness. And that was no joke when we were yeah. doing, we were doing like 12 drills, you know, like, you know, wanting to throw up. And I guess like Mia made a comment to Tony about like, what, you know, why don't the goalkeepers <laughs> have to run our fit in like our one twenties and stuff like that. So like a couple days later, we had to do fitness again. And Tony, put the entire team through pressure training <laughs> and Mia Ham tells a story. And she said, I never in my life will ever bitch about goalkeepers, oh. not doing our, uh, doing different fitness. She was like, it was <laughs> probably the worst experience of my life. Yeah, that's <laughs> like the worst training we've ever done. And it was like the basics as yeah. well. And we're, and we're, like, sta- like, you know, <laughs> we're getting up, we're standing up, act as if like, I want to die, but I, and they're like laying on the ground like oh my god like everything yeah oh omar do you have any any stories you'd like to share from uh either playing for england or the u.s men's women's national team do you have have any of those i I do i do have a story but it's not i can't drop any big names like you guys are dropping so please forgive me anybody listening uh but no i think uh i think saskia said a really really good point about for just having a benchmark for as just fitness as a player I think from there, then you develop your goalkeeper fitness, which I think we'll get into later on. But I remember we played against uh, New Mexico, who was the, one of the best teams in the country. And uh, I think the t- their program folded now, but they're one of the best teams in the, in the country. We had no business being on the field. And I remember before the game, I was exhausted because we were probably like 10 games into the season. So I'm already tired. We're on a road trip. So we step into the game and I make one or two really good saves. And I'm like, OK, now I can kind of you know go off this energy. I got this vibe on me now. And then the adrenaline kept going. I saved the PK and then we score a goal. So we're up one zero. Then second half, I'm even more fatigued and they keep shooting shots. I keep making saves. And then an easy shot that had nothing to do with the rest of the saves that I was making easy shot. I should have saved. I dove like very lazily, pushed it into the goal. And now we're tied one, one. And then we ended up winning two to one later on. And I made one or two saves after, but just the idea that if I wish I had been a little bit more, had my like benchmark of fitness ready to go, I think that would have carried my goalkeeper fitness and complemented it very well versus I was so exhausted. That's why I yeah. tell kids all the time. I tell, I tell um, young, uh, uh, young strikers, I say, you know, a little, a little secret. I, hopefully this doesn't get too public, but I'll just say, look, if you're in a game and you feel like you're going to get a lot of chances in that game, just try to get as many shots on frame as you possibly can. Every goalkeeper has a bandwidth. And that when that bandwidth is reached in their terms of fitness and their focus on those shots, they're going to start making some technical errors because of how many shots you put on frame and how many times they've had to make a good decision. Yeah. Then by the time you're at the end of the game, you might get a shot that beats them. You watch again this past weekend, Iguita for uh, or Iguita for uh, for Crystal Palace had an unbelievable game. The one goal he concedes was just a shot that kind of curled last second. 
So just like things like that, that we make easy right. mistakes. I think it's just a goalkeeping fatigue. But if we had that proper benchmark and that proper like initial fitness level and then complement that with the, the goalkeeper fitness, I think from there that really elevates you and really yeah. separates the good goalkeepers from the really, really like excellent ones. Yeah, I mean, you have to, I can't cut, you can't come in unfit and expect me to get you to that that level and then get you game fit and 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 goalkeeper fit and, and tr- hardcore training fit. Like if you come in without that baseline, that uh-huh. you, then then now I'm wasting my time getting you just to the baseline to get above it. Now if you yes. come in with that and have that baseline of fitness, now we can work hard. Now we we can train. Now I'm not worried about you getting hurt. And now I'm not spending my time bringing you to that. And and that's just the bottom line. To uh, to be an elite goalkeeper, to be an elite field player, everything you you have to maintain that that level. Um, and no, you're not expected to be at World Cup fitness level all 12 months of the year but i don't expect you to drop so low that now now i'm spending my time getting you back fit and you know saskia before we move on i think there's a really good point there saskia and i I think we i had a goalkeeper at cal state la and you know the coaches always say they have to pass the eye test if you look like a starting goalkeeper you're in shape you look good act that you you will you will get you know points after that obviously you know there's going to be the actual sessions and you have to look mm-hmm. good in the, in the pregame session in the pregames and all that. But if you don't look the part, then most coaches would be like, Oh man, you know, you didn't take your summer seriously. Right. And I remember we had, we had a kid at Cal state LA. I won't say his name, but he, <laughs> you know what, there was a time where in the spring he came back extremely cut a lot of weight, looked really good. So we were all on him saying, congratulations. You did so well. You're not the starter right. yet, but in, in come fall, you're going to look, you know, you're going to, you're going to give right. us an opportunity to actually see you for who you are. Cause you've lost all this weight. Come this the actual fall season, he gains a lot of that weight back. And then in sessions, he's looking great. He's doing really, really well. But the eye test, you lose the coach's trust if we send you home and you come back into shape. That's like a big middle finger to the to the head coach and the goalkeeper coach. Now the goalkeeper coach looks at me and says, why is that guy not in shape, Omar? What's going on? Did you not follow up throughout the summer? I'm like, no, I did. He told me he was doing his workouts, but he didn't come in. He's like, no, I'm not mad at you, Omar. I'm just telling you, like, now we treat him a certain way because he pretty much yep. gave us the middle finger and said, hey, coach, like, I know you want me to come and fit. I mm-hmm. did for a little bit. I took my foot off the gas. And he says, Omar, that tells me everything I need to know about him. When the going gets tough, takes the foot off the gas, and we can't trust someone like that. Yeah. So that, that, that kind of stuff, is, it plays a lot it into is the psyche of the coach. Perception is a lot of things. For me, when I would train with the national team, like even no matter how hard the fitness was, you would never catch me like – after, after like a pressure training drill or something, like that, you would never catch me still sitting on the ground. I'd be up on my feet, standing there, maybe wanting to throw up, but but you, <laughs> you wouldn't see it in me. And that was where the act as if thing came up. You know, I'm just, and it, it gives you a mental strength. Like if you look yeah, over yeah. and see see another Absolutely. goalkeeper laying on the ground, taking that pause, you're and you're the one standing on your feet. It also lifts you being like, all right, you might feel the exact same way, but nobody's going to be able to see it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that mental strength massive for it as well. Yeah, I, I want to I want to bring this up right here because speaking of of of, uh, of of being on the ground, this is actually the positive of being on the ground. Uh, Dan, I went down or I, I went down one of those rabbit holes. I went down one of those rabbit oh, okay. holes. I found a bunch of Dan Hill clips I out there. It. A lot, tons of Danielle Hill clips right here. This right okay. here showcases something we do not do as goalkeeper coaches anymore. But we, and that's bury into people like that. Go right in, right, right into right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely um, not. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're just you're just <laughs> happy that your body's not going through this anymore. Uh, yeah, that's it. 
But when we've been training like this over and over and over again as players, and obviously you've just transitioned over to being a coach, um, it's really hard to get out of that that mindset, right? But we kind of need to learn how to be able to take our foot off the gas. That was a big mistake for me as a young coach was I, I would I would go a little too hard or I'd be like, oh, let me demo. And so I'm starting to do all these things or whatever. And the next let thing I know... I can't strike balls because <laughs> I've been training like I'm playing in the game. Face. Let me demo. You're like, yeah, right. I know. <laughs> Tell me if they haven't done that. Like we have our four goalkeepers. One of our goalkeeper get, gets hurt and we're doing like a small sided tournament at UCLA and they need another keeper. And they look okay. at me. I mean, I'm like, absolutely I, I say, not. There's a, mon- there's a monocon in the shed there. Like, yeah, I'm like, I got to throw one of the managers in. I'm like, I'm not getting in the goal. Put a small yeah. goal. I'm like, this a isn't, whatever. This isn't yeah. like, I'm not a field player. I can't like avoid tackles and just pass the ball. I'm like, yeah. these girls are like blowing my goalkeepers in the back of the net. You want me to come out for breakaways? I've been standing here. I'm like, I'm not doing it. It's like yeah. that again, that's an international thing. They just go, you see a goalkeeper, but you see you with gloves on and go, Oh, you can go in. I'm like, no, no, no. I finished that, you know, three years ago. Get, yeah. Like, yeah. Last time I said yes to that, I dislocated my shoulder. It's not happening. Oh yeah, definitely <laughs> don't do that again. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, it's it's so difficult because I have literally, I guess, just hung the gloves up probably only yeah. last year. So when everyone anyone says to you, "Oh, like can can you?" You it want to. It's in your head and in your heart. Yeah, and then I got to the point where I was like, I, I literally need to stop. I need to stop saying yes now because, as you say, the the type of players that we all play with, well, we coach now, they're they're athletes. They are, yes, yeah, yeah, they're like a completely different version to what I am now. So I'm like, and I gotta be honest with you, and this isn't an arrogant statement. There's a certain perception that I'm not gonna lose either. Absolutely. I mean, people look. I tell them what to do. That means they know I can do it. And I'm like, if I get a goal. Well, Everything's going out the window. My timing's yeah. going to be late. I'm not going to hold on to the ball. I'm probably not going to get all, up after a rebound because I can't. That's what we're talking about. I'm like, no, like, they're like, Saskia, World Cup champion. She's yeah. awesome. I'm like, that's right. And that's, that's all you're going to remember. <laughs> well, I say I choose me demos. I don't. I choose not to do the top hand saves. <laughs> Obvious. <laughs> And then I choose to do one v ones and edge of the box stuff. I'm all right with that. I can do. I, I can still clip some, so I'm all right with that. But when I'm talking about to the keeper top hand save, I'm like, right. So one of the goalkeepers will come in and show you that. Exactly. So here, come over here. <laughs> I'll Anna, give you. And I'll give you the technique. I'll give you the technique. I'll tell you what to do. I'll tell you when to do it. But I'm not showing you. You know, it kind of looks like this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true though, but though you have to understand your limitations. And Mike, to answer your question, it's a very hard thing to get over. And I still go yeah. through it. Like I mm-hmm. see drills that I I love. Yeah. That I love. Like they were doing team trains our last practice our last practice. And it was probably one of my favorite drills with the national team. And that's because I'm nuts. And mm-hmm. um and just watching my goalkeepers do it and knowing like in my mind, I was like, oh, like, not to say that, but I was like, this was my drill. I could do this so much better. And just wanting to get in there, but like, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's in your mind what you yeah. know you could do, but it's not in reality. Sorry. Yeah. No matter how fit yeah. you are right now, it's not going to happen. Like, Omar, I'm pretty yeah. sure you're not going to demo like top hand saves. <laughs> oh, I do. You know what? Well, keep talking. I'll show you. I went to a camp. <laughs> <I watched it. laughs> and I honestly, I did not do horribly. I just definitely, like you forget the goalkeeper fitness does. It does definitely, uh, it kind of weighs, it, you lose it over time. 
And when you step into like one drill, you're like, I hope, I hope to God that my just kind of muscle memory comes back in this very moment because I don't want to look bad in front of other people. And it takes courage. You know what I mean? It's like nerve wracking. Now, whenever I ask a kid to do a demo, I'm like, I get, I know, I know, I know why you feel a little bit weird. I know I, I've been there before. So let me find this clip. You guys keep going. I'll, I'll come back right now. Oh my gosh. Would you, would you, would you say, would you say, honestly, Dan, would you say probably that's the biggest mistake that, that young goalkeeper coaches make is they try to, to do too much physically during a session? Yeah, absolutely. And then if it becomes about you, then it's not about your goalkeepers. <laughs> so you need to really let go of them gloves and then let like let, let them see the mistakes as well. So if you're getting someone else to do a demo, that could be your real coaching point there. So if someone's coming in to do a demo and, and you I don't know, let's talk about top hand save and they're they're going uh, one step and dive and it, you're not getting quite there, you can that's your real point of, of coaching in there and you can get in and nope. I think she's back. Hi, sorry. No, no worries. We were just saying, we're like, she's probably talking and she probably just thinks we're really, really captivated by what you're saying. You're Your like, face was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I was saying about like having that, having that person in there sometimes is where you can go on, go in and coach as well. So if you're given that demo and you're given the, like the, the, the coaching points and then they go into it wrong. You can then go and coach in. So I think for me, like that was a biggest thing that for me, that is one of the biggest things I'd say for a young coach is let the players have that must have those mistakes in them or let them do the demos. Cause sometimes they'll do demos better than you as well. So sometimes it's okay for them to, to, to go in and, and show you as well. And, and sometimes you'll have the, if there's a couple of goalkeepers in there, you'll normally have the one who's a little bit stronger I normally tend to put them and let the other goalkeepers do the demos to let them see the difference between, you know, the senior goalkeeper as opposed yeah. to the third choice goalkeeper and then, um, and, and, sh and show that real, real difference in it. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I have one of my goalkeepers. I can't rank them. I won't on, on podcast, but one of them is incredibly technically sound. She might not be our um, starter, um, and I, I, I like using her for demos, do you know what I mean? Because like, you know, in those situations, because there's a lot more to goalkeeping. So like, you might be great in drills and technically sound and all that stuff, but if it's, you know, certain things aren't translating and everything like that. So I'll say that done, but technically like, you know, if you were taking a snapshot of the perfect way to demo something, like she's perfect at it. So like, I'll use her whether she's my yep. first or, or not. And I don't give, I don't care if anybody else has heard about it. Like, Hey, so-and-so come up here, stay, you know, let's, let's demo this. Yeah. You know, so everybody yeah. else can see. You know what? Oh, oh, hold on. Oh, hold on. What we got? Look at this full speed. My body was dead. After. Is that full you? speed? Is that full speed? I'm tw That's full speed. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> I'm 28. I could have still done. Oh, at Tony, I was on the World Cup team, so okay. I, I know, I know. My dream. I'm almost my dream 50 ended. here, so there's a big difference between me saying I'm not going to demo something, and at 28, you saying you're not going to do it. So now, no, now, no, you, you, you can do everything. You better be able to do yeah. everything at 28. I was winning a World no, Cup I, at I 28. <laughs> Yeah, I'm giving, I'm giving you, I'm giving you hell for that one. I'm sitting here going like, yeah, I'm not doing that, but I have an excuse. Hold on. Also, Omar, I want to give, I also want to give you a little bit of flack. I was like, you knew, you knew where that, citizen. you knew where that ball was going. That was a telegraph ball. Yeah, but they, they, they took it from the ground. 
Well, you you should have used that because okay. that's a good that's a good example of not having to use your top hand. No, <laughs> exactly, I have nothing. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with that save. Top yeah. hand not required there. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Honestly, I would love to do a I would love to do a review on this. Honestly, if we could just like stop the podcast and talk about my technique, I really <laughs> can need we to just know do a break. Can we, Dan, are you down? I feel can we like just you, do it? I, I feel like yeah. you could have attacked the ball more. Yeah, and we can probably get you back playing. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, I'm gonna use say. I'm gonna use Omar for my demos now. <laughs> I want to talk about this though because <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Omar. What were you gonna say? No, I was gonna say with the UCLA budget, fly me in on a helicopter. You can do me. We can do hey, whatever. You know the helicopters land right out. there. <laughs> Although they're, I know, I know. they're like landing at the cool. hospital. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, yeah, true. Dan's looking at like I'm like I'm at a pro club. We don't even have a helicopter landing like landing spot right on the field. <laughs> no way, honey. Um, if you're on that helicopter, it's not a good situation. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's UCLA Medical Center is right there, so oh. helicopters fly over the field, and we're just like, oh, that's not good. Uh oh. <laughs> well, to go on to something more positive and a happier place, um, I want to say that like one of the biggest mistakes that I I made as as a young goalkeeper coach, and by young goalkeeper coach I mean until like two weeks ago, was training like a goalkeeper uh, in the gym. Uh, because honestly, I've started recognizing that to be the best goalkeeper coach I can be right now, I really need to start training more like a field player. Now, what I mean by that is focus on my range of motion, focus on my flexibility, because what am I doing most of my session? Striking balls, but not just striking dead balls. I'm striking moving balls. And, yeah. you know, like Dan, like I think, I think you were, you were actually even bringing up, bring up the fact is that if we're just doing isolated movements, that's not realistic to the game. So we have to be able as best as we can to be able to hit a moving ball and, yeah. and be flexible enough to be able to strike it so that it's not, uh, for lack of a better term, predictable where it's going to mm -hmm. go, you know, um, all of that. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think even working with the goalkeepers in the gym, doing the, um, you know, the band work that they do, that those type of stuff is so valuable to, to any young goalkeeper coach just, and you know, if you can get in with the gym and you can do it, if you can't, then you just need to go and buy yourself a band and it's just mm -hmm. getting before the goalkeepers, if they're in the gym, you can get out five minutes before when you're putting your cones out and just get that band work yeah. going. It'll just open the, um, open the, obviously the muscles, up and the hips up and then just get a couple of reps going just so you're warm it's it'll literally take five minutes and i think that will be invaluable for then the session for your quality for the striking of the ball yeah. and and for the goalkeeper at the end of it yeah but mike i think you're but i think you're right you do have to look at it differently there's no way that i need to lift the way i lifted no. when i was um when i was 28 like <laughs> or before or after Omar um you know I don't I don't need to do that type of stuff it's more range of motion it's it's more high reps um low weight um ropes and all that stuff so it's um more fluid and everything and because we're striking the ball now you know you're striking striking I'm not you know going for crosses I'm not doing all that stuff like so you know you you have to train to to use your shot to, to, do, to do all that. So I think that that is the right approach, Mike, for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Omar, I, I want to ask you about that because, you know, you're, you're this guru where, where you said you get almost a little obsessive and you're like, I have to hit the perfect strike. I have to hit the perfect strike. How often do you spend preparing to warm up for a session or do you just hop out there? Mr. 28. Um, <laughs> 
No, I think I think I used to. I used to. And then uh, I used to have a lot of sessions back to back to back. And as I got older and older, I realized, man, I have a lot of bad habits that I need to kind of shape. And I think the band work is super, you know, uh, super, super beneficial for your groin, your hamstrings and even just doing body weight stretches prior to stuff is super important. So I, I have invested in like a Theragun now. I ice my back. I ice my, my hips after practice. So I've been doing a lot of that stuff so that I'm fresh the next day. And it's almost like you can almost turn it into you're, you're an athlete again, you're a player again. And then like for me, my games are the sessions. I prepare, I draw out my sessions, I prepare it, I go out there. And at the same time, now I can kind of refine my skill set. But I think, again, to be at your best every day, you got to make sure you have a proper stretch routine. And that's what I do before every practice. I stretch about 15 minutes. So I get out there about an hour before I set everything up. And then for like 45 to the last you know, 15 minutes of the, of the uh, little warm-up session, I take care of my body, I stretch, I do all that stuff, and then I'm ready to strike. I'm actually looking for some shots right now. Do you cool that I, down I afterwards? Uh, I do. Yeah, I do. I, I, I was being, I was, I it was rhetorical. <laughs> no, I do, but I do. I, I'm, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find a, a clip from this weekend session. Uh, he, so this is all about face. us. This is all about us critiquing Omar. <laughs> <laughs> right no, you'll see. You'll see. My striking has gotten so, so much better. I can strike left foot, right foot. It's, it's pretty nice. I can finish like technically with my right foot, or my left foot. It's oh, pretty clean. Anyway, ego, ego boost going on. Dan, do you have any <laughs> sessions you want to? Do you have any share, share sessions you want to share? Of you striking yeah, the ball not, recently? Not of not of the goalkeeper saving the ball of you striking. Yeah, the ball. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. I I haven't I haven't got anything um, that I can uh, produce now. Like, but um, I mean the. We have a lot of photographers at the game more than anything. We don't really have, uh, we don't, a uh, big thing for us is we don't film training, which I'm like, I really, I, I'm a real advocate for trying to get someone to try and film it. Because then I think as a coach, you see things in the moment. Fine, Hold on, there's not one person in Blackburn that has a tripod. You can just set up a absolutely. camera. Well, so we, we only have, um, there's only five staff. So four, three uh, outfield one um goalkeeper coach and then the um physio so we are really limited because we are only a semi-pro club um so i think for, for us if we did have um a, a, a guy with a camera or someone like that that i think you, in the moment you see things and you coach and you go right i've seen that bit of technique but then when you watch it back you see something a little bit different sometimes and you can give that fine bit of detail to the goalkeeper that might make the difference from making that 89th minute save because they don't move their feet quick enough right. or they, they don't get one one step in that you just didn't see because you were looking at the hands or you know whatever it may be so I think filming for me is is, is a big part of what we yeah, should because, be doing. and I agree with that because sometimes like when we're doing let's say we have you know two small side of games going on and I'm maybe watching one of the other four goalkeepers and then one of the other goalkeepers will come up to me and be like you know that that's that second goal against me this and that and the other and I'll be like I I wasn't my eyes weren't on their field but yeah. we have somebody videoing every single session so I can ask them specifically send me the clip of you yeah. know the small side of games of all of, I mean, this is, you know, UCLA. So we have that things of, yeah. of those minutes, just her saves, just that. And I can go over it with her. And it is important because sometimes yeah. I don't see it even just coaching somebody else. Like, yeah. like my head can't be, you know, all over the place at the same time. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. be so, careful. Honestly, I'll tell you, just, just be careful. I know we all look at technical stuff, but when you become a elite striker like myself in my sessions, I don't look <laughs> at the goalkeepers anymore. I watch my strike. Yeah. <laughs> you watch the Do ball. I land the- <laughs> <laughs> do I land on my striking? Do I land on my striking foot on my hips facing the goal? All these little things that you would never know if you didn't have the film. And I want to show you one clip here, guys. All right? I hope my I hope my Wi-Fi is not bad. 
All right, so we do it in possession, out of possession here to finish the practice. So we have like little like areas set up here where you have to find the open man and then that person can do whatever they want. So I'll just let it play. Don't see you though. Oh, 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 way to kill he's, a kid. He's confidence. celebrating right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, so okay. I had, I had a, way to I had kill a clip. A Are those one of those kids that the parents didn't sign them back up? <laughs> no, no, they, they it looks like you were going to go past No, I, I did a, uh, I sent it to my friends, like a clip that I did uh, a few days ago. I sent it to my friends and they were just like, uh, they were like, Omar, do you like, because there's a, you can see it in like the wide frame. The dad was sitting there on his little lawn chair. And my friend was like, Omar, like, do you, does the dad get pissed off that you're literally celebrating on camera, you scoring on his daughter? Like, does he get upset? I'm just like, I, you know, I never asked him, but I probably, I'm sure he's not happy. You, but, I, I believe you celebrate. Sometimes I do too, but, oh, heck yeah. but then I'll be like, I'll be like, I'd be like this, but then I'll be like, nobody was getting that ball. <laughs> I'll be like, I don't care Last who, one. what goalkeeper you are. Nobody's getting that. So I make them feel a little better. Yeah. Well, this this top this topic is show, let me let me show how great I am, Marzini. <laughs> no, no, no. I just want to show. I you love it. Look, look at the parents no, let's, let's watching. Let's look at the parents watching. Let's see, I want to see. Oh, their, like a little cutback. Their, oh, in their little chairs. Look at that sprint, Omar. Oh. Oh what? Oh. oh. You're like Gio Reyna for Dortmund oh, this look, weekend. You like high five. Did you My even notice like, what the goal, did you, Please tell me you noticed what the keeper did wrong, or were you? Oh, I did. There's like a mud pile there, so she was oh, she was slipping. No, when I strike the ball, I obviously. Were you watching the ball go in the back of the net? Then you're high fiving your friend, and the keeper's like, "Coach, what could I have done there?" And you're like, "I don't know. I was watching." The I ball don't know. Up. Did you not see that? <laughs> you just pick my, honestly, honestly, you know what you could do there? You pick my ball up out of the back of the net. <laughs> look, Sasuke, well, hold on. I, you know what I tell them sometimes? I'll say, I'll say, look, Saskia, look, I'm like, look, Saskia, I'm gonna be honest with you. You're not going to be playing on the weekend against a class striker like that, so you'll probably be able to say that in the game. So I say, I say, I say, I say stuff like that, and they just go, "Oh my god!" But no, it's fun. It's, it's it makes the sentence fun too. You have a little yeah, yeah. back and forth, and you can actually like you know you have fun striking the ball, and you can actually make the goalkeeper as well think of okay, not just a very predictable hip, or you can like you know open your hips up, and it's obviously going to go far post. Now you start challenging them mentally, and you go, "Hey, look, I'm going to be creative with this finish," and obviously now I have more balance because I've been doing a lot more of this. And you're not going to know if I'm going to go near post or far post. I need you to hold, stay big as long as you can. So you can kind of get creative with it as well. And now as, as a striker, essentially, you can kind of get creative with it as well as a, a shooting the ball in practice. But you just brought up a really good point, Omar. And Dan, I want to ask you about that because the thing is, is that like, if you don't take care of your body, if you don't work on the band work like you're talking about, and you Always don't work on- it back to the topic, Mike. I love it. No, I'll, you know, I, I, I got to <laughs> well, do what I, I got to do. We can sit here and pat you on the back for the next- no, no, no. I just Mike. Mike always. Mike does. Mike does a really good job of his transitions, but like he always does these funny things. Where it's just like, so you know, of course, like you want to finish. So taking care of your body so you can. So back to the just body. like a very like just like a very interesting. Well, but because, I know but I, I think love this, it too. Mike. If we didn't have you, I just we'd just be sitting here listening to Omar Like D and I would be sitting here like this. Like, I'm like. Brilliant, brilliant. Have to get your signs up with an agency. <laughs> I'll send your clips on to the men's squad. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. Let Juan know. Let Juan know what I said. What I said. <laughs> but but it, but it is true. It is true. If you don't do that, then you are limited in what you can do. And I think one of the things as goalkeeper coaches, Dan, is that we have to be flexible with our sessions. And the only way to be flexible oh. with your sessions is if you can basically replicate 
every type of movement the goalkeeper is going to be able to see in a game. Yeah, absolutely. I think like when we were saying before about Omar was saying, oh, the strike is always perfect. And you were saying about like, oh, it has to be like with Omar. For me, it doesn't have to be. If if you're if you see the goalkeeper going one side too far and I can kill it in the, the, the near post to say, well, actually, you're positioning, you went in line, down the line for me, then I, I'm all right with that because that's predictable within the game. That is Absolutely. like, if a, if a striker sees that, that the goalkeeper is, you know, sometimes gambling to one side because that's where the ball's been going because that's where the strike's been going every single time. Because that's the I, drill. That's the drill. Absolutely not. I'm like, I'm all about realism. If the goalkeeper starts, you know, if we're just working, let's say, I don't know, low low dives, low dives, and they're constantly, you see them not setting and then they're already attacking the ball and they're making, you know, nine times out of 10, they're making the saves. Well, yeah, that's because your, moment, your momentum is already taking right. you that side. You're not setting when you're meant to be setting. So I think... I absolutely agree. Your technique has got to be good, but I don't mm-hmm. think it has to be perfect every single time yeah. for the session to run because then it's it's right. more real within the game. So well, yeah. I'll even I'll even tell when I get some when we have functional training and I get the forwards and we're working on something specific. Let's say um, driving to the end line and sliding the ball, right? And yeah. we're, so we're working on near like how to manage that near post and then cut off that slide ball. I'll be like, if you catch them leaning, you have every you have the go through to, to tuck it in your post. Yeah. I said, because they know the drill. They know that this is what we're working on is to see their, their, um, their range off that post into that slotted ball into the top of the six. Like it, that's cutting across. They yeah. know that's what I want. That's what we're working on, but it, they're just going to start leaning and I'll tell the forwards, I could go ahead do it. I'll yeah. tell, you know, or I'll do it. I'll be like, I'll be like, eh, there you go. I go, I know, you know, the drill, but this isn't the game play the game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, yeah. Absolutely. What I what I will say, what I will say to Danielle's point is I did say it has to be perfect when you're working on the bubble. When you're trying to refine, when you're trying to refine, when you're trying to refine the, the goalkeepers before games or even like you know, a day before yeah. a game, you don't want them to hit the body. So you ha- I, I say perfect in that sense. But then yeah. second second thing is, you know, how many how many kids I had a kid this past weekend, young girl who's in, in the group, she was probably like the lowest of the level. And we're playing like through balls and I give her a through ball and she's like taking her sweet time going so slow on the, on the mic. You're not going to have that time in a game as a striker. You're going to have a defender breathing down your neck. Like you need to understand. Yeah. That well, that's a, that, that's a, a goalkeeper. big deal. That's a yeah. big, that's a, but I will cut it. Cause it, I get on when we do functional, I'll get on when Sam's Sam will run the forwards and I, and I'll have the goalkeepers. And if it's not game speed, like yeah, exactly i'll be like come on and I'll, I'll yell at the forwards i'll be like guys this has to be game speed and you can't take four touches on this path like what are you doing <laughs> like you know or you Bless can't you. and honestly you can't even take two touches like this is the type of patch it's got to be a one touch finisher you got to be working on what you're working on but oh oh one two three oh and then i'm still going to tuck it in and i'll just be like dude you're not training my keepers you're not doing yeah. anything right now you know mm-hmm. you've got to be game speed and at that intensity and the thought that there is somebody breathing down my neck yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I've done that. I just, I've done that before. And like the last like five sessions, I thought it'd be cool to mic myself up. So I had one of those like road microphones here that was like a wireless one. And oh my God, I had to stop because it, I, I was sending it to them as if they had like ASMR from like Darth Vader. It was literally just like, <gasps> after every run I would make on 1v1s, I would just go back. I'm like, God damn it. Like I would, I would, I would like breathe under my breath and I'm like, oh my God, now they can hear. Cause I send them, I send them the footage after practice and I'm like, 
you're probably just like what the hell is he like what you know i'm i'm walking around like i'm in shape and then i'm actually like <gasps> yeah guys we're gonna run that back give me a second here i'm like hiding behind the big inflatable dummies like oh my god <laughs> Matt, you know so Omar, remember what saskia said like 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 there's there's a certain template of fitness that needs to be maintained omar and then you build from there so you got you got to start doing those uh, those I, those one twenties and three hundreds again. <laughs> no, I do that, but when you're like striking the ball at the intensity that I strike it, you're gonna get tired, no matter what, <laughs> no matter what, <laughs> no matter what oh. intensity of fitness level you have. By the way, Dan, you brought up something really good that I actually I, I want to talk about too, because sometimes some of the again, best Mike. coaching, no, some of the best coaching <laughs> moments, some of the best coaching moments I've had have been because I mishit the ball. And it's produced a coachable moment because mm -hmm. it was unpredictable, mainly because that's not what produced, I meant to do. Or it's yeah. produced an even greater save out of your goalkeeper because your your coaching they they didn't cheat, they didn't do this. They like even though their movement was bringing pass across the goal, they they stayed square and they didn't they didn't cheat and they re repositioned themselves and went back the other direction. And to see keepers do that, that progression is awesome because you miss, miss hit the ball because now, mm -hmm. you know, they're focusing on the ball and on the yeah. shot and not on the drill. Yeah. And, and you know, and one of the things I think that, that I made was a big mistake that I, I really think young goalkeeper coaches need to hear out there is that like, you can't be warming up at the same time as your goalkeepers are. You need to be warmed up before they begin their warm up. And I, as a young coach, I made that mistake. I would use warm up for me to warm up too. Well, guess what? Guess what's going to happen? Their warm up's not going to be the, as good as it could be because I'm yeah. sloppy. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I think the the warm up is key to to the session. If you have a sloppy warm up, you're going to have most of the time a sloppy session. So I think if you prepare, you know, beforehand have them prepared into the warm-up, have them focused. I think goalkeeping is is a lot about physical, but it's also mental pre preparation. So that warm-up is mental preparation. So this is what we're going to do today, guys. This is, and, and you start already mentally preparing them for what we're going to be doing. And then that takes the, the momentum into the game. So I think a big part of their warm-up for me is, is just talking them through the session, what we're going to do, how, and getting them mentally ready. Right. Well, I also think that if you are using that time, young goalkeeper coaches out there, if you're saying, okay, well, I'm going to get myself warmed up, hit, hit, you know, doing their warm up, like hitting them volleys, hitting them like balls off the ground, and you're not ready to do that. And so it's a shank or it's not quality service or it's not this because you're using that time to, well, they've already done their warm up. Let's say it's running, stretching, like with you two, it's the team. So they're like, their blood's flowing, they're ready to go. And now you're cold and you're trying to strike yeah. balls and you're shanking the ball. Well, that, you know, that's just hurting them, you know? Mm -hmm. So you have to, yeah. be, you have to be physically ready to start doing that as well. Um, right from right when they're ready to go. But I will say, but I will say, guys, oh I think all of us, uh, I think all of us can say this. Though, Absolutely. I know we, what you're going to say. We normally, what am I, I going to say? You're going to say, <laughs> we use that time sometimes to warm up. Is that what you're going to say? On our backups. So whenever before like in, in warmups, I remember one time that we had a goalkeeper who obviously he wanted to start and we had a starting goalkeeper who was uh, the guy, the go-to guy. And I remember I had a warm-up where like I missed five or six volleys and then I got the starter in and I hit him perfect every single time. And the kid kind of like walked up to me. He's like, as a joke, he's like, 
coach, like, do you hate me or something? Like, I just feel like you always miss volleys and do everything wrong against me. And then when Alex steps in the goal, you do, you look amazing. Like, is there, is it like, did I say something? I'm like, like, no, no. I was like, you didn't do anything. I'm sorry. I just, I really, I really don't know. I get him out of the way with you. And then when I get myself like, sharp and I get all the, all the, the balls out of the way, then I go to the next guy. So that's what I, I, I thought pulled, some people too. I've pulled when you myself watch. from it. I've actually pulled myself from it. Like I've realized I wasn't warmed up and stuff like that. And I'm shanking balls and I'll be like, okay, Hannah, you warm up. <laughs> you, <laughs> you guys knock the ball back and forth. <laughs> like you guys do this. Like, cause I'm not going to keep ruining this, this uh, session right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's why when I post, you know, no, go ahead. You, I want to no, hear about wanna, the next posting. So. <laughs> No, so when I post on my channel, people are like even in the, I have like uh, the young you know kids will come in and train with me, and I like I'm missing some volleys, and they're just like, ah, we don't see this on your YouTube videos. I'm like, yeah, that footage gets buried. There's no that that, that doesn't even exist on the hard drives. So once yeah. I see that, I go, okay, there you go, just put it in here. The, uh, it. <laughs> it's it's gone, it's gone. But yeah, I think that's that's you need to obviously get yourself warmed up, and that's why getting to, uh, to sessions early is super important. Uh, Dan, I have a question for you uh, in, in regards to this, because this, there's a there's a, a lot of different, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, uh, philosophies on this. And that is um, if you're injured as a goalkeeper coach, should you still be running the session or should you be doing hand service or should you be only having the other goalkeepers do it um, out of ego? I know myself when I've been injured and I shouldn't be running a session, I've still run sessions because I'm like, well, I can get this done. It's not that hard. I can do this or whatever. And then I all, all that happened, this actually happened to me for like, and, and I was working with development Academy. So very high level us development Academy kids um, for about three months. And I, I was consistently uh, sore and hurt. And, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to pull through, pull through, pull through it. Next thing I know, I have a labral tear yeah. because I've been working through it over and over again and not taking the, not taking the proper care of myself and just thinking like, Oh, you know what? It's fine. I'll deal with it when the season's over. Um, and you know what, what? What's your thoughts on that? And and how I do think, we handle that? Yeah, yeah I, I think for me, you, you use it as a player, right? So if a player was, you know, oh, I'll, I'll get through this bit, I'll get through this game, I'll get through it, and then they then become injured fully. You you then you would look at them and go, you're not taking responsibility. If you're injured, Absolutely. you're injured. So if you're if you're a goalkeeper coach and you're injured, you need to take responsibility of that and go, right, I can still produce a session, I can still be there, I can still oversee it, but then you just have to adapt it. You adapt it to if you have one, two, three goalkeepers, yeah. whatever it may be, you adapt it to what you have and your resources that you've got. Um, but you can still be there. You can still, you know, it's, it doesn't take much for you to be at the side and still see the, the you know, the, the technique or stop the session because you, you want to coach or whatever. But I think you've got to absolutely look at it from a, a, a player's point of view. If you, yeah. if one of your players did that, then you would be like, you're not taking responsibility for yourself there, you know? Yeah, no, I've, I, the same thing. Like I've, I would expect, like you have to lead by example as well. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. you know, my, my players know, like if I've pulled something or if like something's off or, you know, my knee will swell up sometimes and, and they'll know number one, I'll probably be out there in my sneakers and um no i'm serious and they'll know coach how's your knee or whatever you know and i'll tweak my session and i'm not doing the services i have to take care of it um and i expect them to do the same and when they don't they know because that happened towards the end of the season toward the end of the fall like one of my players didn't say anything now she's out and i was you know i would never do that because i don't have a leg to stand on then well you know they know I've tweaked something. They know I've hurt, but I've pushed through it. And now they do. So what am I going to say to them? You know, well, you saw me do it. 
know, nope, I spoke up. So you have to yeah. lead by example. Uh, that's, that's a really good point about not being a hypocrite like that. Like, Omar, mm -hmm. I know that's something that you actually dealt with. I don't know if it was not this past year, but the year before where you actually had a, a, a groin issue that was really making it very difficult for you to produce those social media sensation type strikes that uh, <laughs> showed to us recently. That's, you know, and that's the hard part too. Cause I, I remember I, I was, I was out complaining, but like, so I say, like sometimes if your service isn't there, you remove yourself. My pride didn't let me. So I was hitting because I, I came back from Armenia, Mike, and I was I played in a tournament there and we had like seven games in six days. No, seven games in eight days, excuse me. And my body, my groin, my, my quad, everything was completely shot because I hadn't played in so long and I didn't strengthen the area. So I went from there, flew home, went straight to double days at Cal State LA. And I remember we were doing a crossing session and my crosses were just awful. I was shanking them, mishitting them. And it was just supposed to be just kind of getting the guys uh, loosened up. And one of the goalkeepers looks at me, he was just like, huh? Okay, that's not a, that's not a pro coach type service, and I was just like, oh man, like I just felt so embarrassed. I'm like, damn, it's I a call. You that's my that, that's my whole point about you got you got to keep that that like you're up the here. Aura, the aura. You gotta, you gotta, you're up here. You got to stay up there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah no. You got to say I'm off. Don't let them see it. You got to yeah. pull it down. Figure another way. Don't get in goal. I'm telling you. Yeah. You got, you got so, to does everyone see that type of service? Yeah. Okay. Now I want you to do it even better. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do what I just did. Yeah. yeah. Want it even better? Okay, I'm, I'm going to step on. Yeah. I'm showing you how not to make this. Yeah, yeah. So it's the opposite. You just trash yourself. <laughs> oh my God. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've done that before. I've stepped into a demo and it had. And it hasn't gone well, and I've I've played it off completely like oh, yeah. is, is this thing right now like that before I'm like I'm like See, so now what I off? should have done in that situation is this, and I wanted you guys to recognize how oh, I was shifting. And then I start breaking down what I did wrong. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah I, don't, I don't see. I don't put myself. I don't put myself there. Uh, <laughs> and then I'll be like, I'll be like, what did I say? I'm like, Saskia, you could just, you can just walk in with medals around your neck and just put that, know, have it dangling. You just get hit, guys. Sorry. Yeah, I don't have to prove anything anymore. Like, I think I said that last time, like, Sam and them oh, looked at me to get in goal. I was like, I don't have to prove anything anymore. I'm not getting in goal. I just, and then I Sam got my back to Amanda. Right. And, and Sam got my back. She was just like, yeah, well, you know, it's not like just like one of us, like, jumping on the field and passing the ball. Like, you know, your body. Had, I go, exactly. That's exactly why. I'm, I'm, I'm cold. That's exactly why I'm not jumping in that goal right now. I'm like, no, actually, it's because they kicked the ball really, really, really fast, really, really, really hard. And I'm so not at their pace right now. Even I even could not even compete like at all. By the way, that is really interesting that you said that in regards to the, the field player coaches saying the thing. I think field player coaches, and I don't know if whoever wants to discuss, talk about this or whatever, I don't think they understand how much physical work we actually do in a session. A oh, I say, I, I'll say it to them all the time. Somebody I, back when I was coaching club and um, I think Kelly or Melee said something to me, you know, how much it was. Awesome. And um, I was like, yeah, you know, they said something about the keepers. I was like, oh, I'm like dripping sweat or something. I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't sit on a folding chair. <laughs> like, you know, it was like 100 degrees out. I'm dripping sweat. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not sitting over there on a folding chair telling people what to do. I was like, I actually have to get involved. Yeah. Dan, go ahead. I, I'll stop saying that after. 
<laughs> I, yeah, I was just going to say is like so obviously this year it's been it's kind of a new um, a, a new uh, assistant coach and 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 they came over when they were in part of their session and was like I can't believe how much technical detail you've got to give and then also service she was like the the detail that you give and then you've also got to have the quality of the strike or cross a ball or you know and they, they she was like her head was blown she was like I, like I'm going to keep coming over every couple of sessions because I want to see what you guys are doing and she just literally couldn't believe how much we actually physically do yeah. and then obviously you know technical detail as well so yeah yeah go ahead Omar now you can share it's honestly, it had nothing to do with the topic. I, I, I had a. Uh, <laughs> just gonna say how good I was. <laughs> no, it's just funny. We had a, we had a uh, our goalkeeper coach tore his Achilles in college, and I remember it was it was during one of our spring games. So there was he was I think he was like on one crutch and he was rolling the balls back so our goalkeeper can do goal kicks. So I was uh, the second goalkeeper that day, and I went to the midfield to catch the balls. So they served it in. And I caught it. I put it down. So I, I wanted him, to pass it you? back and get, <sighs> get. I wanted to get it as close to him as I possibly could. So he had to just crutch a little bit. It hit him in his torn Achilles that was wrapped <gasps> up and like all that stuff. And I bet he, you never played again. We laugh about it. Blacklisted. Yeah. When it when it happened, it was just like, oh my god! Of literally all the patches of grass on that <laughs> field that I could have hit and I hit your torn Achilles. And it was just like the, all the, me and the other goalkeepers just could not stop laughing. We're just like, dude, I, I, what are the odds? Yep. Anyways, that was, that was my story of like a goalkeeper coach <laughs> trying to do too much and we didn't help him at all. He wouldn't help yeah. us. No, you actually <laughs> injured him more. <laughs> we did it worse. Yeah, we did it worse. You picked me as second goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that Achilles? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> By the way, this is the second story you've sh you've shared of hitting of of hitting somebody that was in a in a vulnerable position. That poor little girl. That you, that oh you my god! To. Yeah, dude. We man, I tell you, and our, like, that goalkeeper coach before we had played against like Santa Barbara, like Cal Poly, like, big games. He would always like he would always pass me balls back slow, and he'd be like, "I want you to kick it into the stands. Let the let the fan section know." It was all like the student section. They would call you all these words and stuff. So he, I would always hit like side volleys or like miss goal kicks into the stands and try and hit them. It was a little pastime that we used to have to get them riled up, but it was so fun. And I remember because the, the the fans would be like, uh, uh, like they would yell at me. They would say some like obscene stuff. You have the worst accuracy. You're the worst. Oh my god! And like in the game, I would I would hit like a nice a nice ball, like a driven ball, and it would go right to my player. And I look at him like, what do you guys think now? And it was just like it was the perfect setup to like make them. See oh them. my gosh! It this was is so like fun. I just this, this, this should be Omar's glory days. This is the <laughs> Omar glory day podcast. I know Saskia. Saskia's you know showing up with Olympic and you know World Cup medals. I'm showing up with like a, a YouTube plaque. You know what I mean? Just like, you know, I, just like, <laughs> I don't have much to offer. By the way, me, me, meanwhile, Dan's not even shared. She shared one story of playing, of playing for, of playing for England, and Omar <laughs> shared thirteen stories of UC Davis. Uh, <laughs> Shows you the humi humility, you know. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, as as we start wrapping up here, here guys, uh, and first up, Dan, thanks for taking all the time. I know it's late at night right now, you know, for you. I think it's a uh, like eleven o'clock or whatever. So I appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, yeah you know, okay. take taking the time but um you know if you had to uh if you had to give like kind of like a little bit of advice to a young goalkeeper who is now transitioning literally like your situation right now you know they were playing last season 
the club has decided to keep them on to, to bring them on to, onto staff. What would be your advice to them regarding like how, how to handle the transition? Um, I think be kind to yourself. I think um, you need to realise that it's, you know, it is a big jump from playing and you're in the moment and you're, you're you know, you're as you're, as the goalkeeper, potentially all the pressure's on you to be in the goalkeeper coach and having that, um, you have to kind of give that, that pressure away to the goalkeeper. So I think for me, the biggest one is I had to be kind to myself to, to be, okay with passing on that 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 responsibility to that goalkeeper and then having that um having having the like confidence in yourself to be able to know that you know through the week or whatever it may be that you've done enough to make that goalkeeper ready at the end of the week and you know they're always going to make mistakes it's a goalkeeper you know you're going to have 90 minutes and they're going to potentially drop one in the back of the net and it's just sometimes one of those things that you've just got to pick your goalkeeper up and um so yeah, for, for me, it's the be kind to you, be kind to your goalkeeper, mm-hmm. um, and then and then yeah, just just keep keep trying to develop that small small bits at a time, small bits yeah. at a time. Yeah, awesome. Anything else anybody wants to add on onto that? Omar, do you Omar? have a UC Davis story? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's uh, true, and I like that. Be kind to your goalkeepers and be and pick them up because field player coaches and field players don't really get it and they don't understand goalkeeping and we do. And, um, you know, they, they get on them and they hear them and they don't know what they're talking about sometimes. And so, you know, you have to have that relationship and you have to be able to, you know, to do that with your keepers. Yeah. Having that good goalkeeper, like, so it's not just you, the goalkeeper and the other goalkeeper, it's you, the goalkeeper and the other three goalkeepers. And I think having that real good um, union of goalkeepers is obviously you've got to have that line of when, you know, when they make the mistake, they need to know when, but I think (laughs) if you you know the goalkeeper and you know when to be kind to them, I think that was the biggest thing for me is understanding like I know when I was a player, I didn't want to be spoken to after the game. I've made a mistake. I didn't want to be spoken to. So just getting to know that personality of yeah. the goalkeepers first of all. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I think that's a, that's a really good point too. I think when you step into the coaching role, I think you try to prove yourself as a coach. And I, I mean, I use myself as an example and Mike knows this. I've, I've, you know, been infamous for saying certain things that I wanted to be and, and, you know, be the best goalkeeper coach out there. That's what I wanted to do when I got into <laughs> coaching. But in reality, like you said, listen to your players. Every goalkeeper has a different way they approach the the game in terms of their warm up, in terms of the yeah. conversations that you have with them, in terms of uh, you know a day before a game. If you just had a game on a Friday, use that Saturday. They want to train. It's like no, no, no. Like I know you don't. I know you want to train, but I'm going to protect you from yourself. But then some of those guys just want to take like five, six volleys, and then at least they in their head they had a session. But if you don't listen to them and you don't allow them to be themselves, to make them obviously the best version of themselves, which will make you yeah. happy and the coach happy that's the next step. So I think, again, it's not proving anything, but going out there and listening to the goalkeepers because you were just in that position and having a coach who actually wants to hear you versus tell you what to do is, is a game changer. And I think that's yeah, really what causes uh great synergy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and by the, and by the way, Dana, as we're wrapping up right now, you know, one, one thing that we've really been uh, really an, an advocate for and a proponent for, you know, is, is for players like yourself, you know, to transition into coaching, 
Um, you know, I, th- I think that there's, there's been for a long, long time, a lot of goalkeepers just kind of wanted to move off and they, they didn't want to do, which is fine or whatever. But, uh, you know, I think the game is really, really, really blessed to have people like yourself, you know, Absolutely. Who, who, who've, who've been literally at, at the, at the highest levels with England all the, all the way down and, and bring that knowledge back, you know, um, yeah. obviously you have, you have, you have Fran at the club right now. And, you know, I think the best thing for her is the fact that she's on loan, you know, from, from a big club like United and getting those reps with you. Um, yeah. And then you've been in that same situation as her before. So you can re- really help guide her. So really, really awesome. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. We need more female goalkeeper coaches across the board out there yeah, with, at absolutely. all levels and especially pro and even in the NWSL and, you know, even on the national team and stuff like that, no offense to anybody or anything like that, but yeah. even if it's the youth national team levels or U twenties or whatever, they have to, we have to start implementing that. And yeah. I think that's really important. Absolutely. Or, or, or Omar will take all the jobs and we don't want that. Yeah. No, listen, <laughs> I, you know, I love, I love the oh, current, okay. na- I love, I think that the current national team staff's great and everything like that, I'm, but we have to start moving females into, like I said, even if it's the lower roles and, um, and then, NWSL, come on, there's got to be, there's so many good female goalkeeper coaches out there here in the United States and abroad. There's got to be, you got to, there's got to be more. Yeah. You know? see, see, in the UK, there's probably, so I went on one of a coaching course um, just before COVID and I was the only female coach, only goalkeeper, female coach. And I'm just like, wow. Like, exactly. We, we need to promote this. We need to get people involved. Like there's, every club has at least three goalkeepers right so why you know at the end of being a goalkeeper as a player why would you not want to pass that you know knowledge and information on it for me but it's is, also it's also those network it's also the network like yeah you know it's the old boys network you gotta you got a male head coach he's gonna bring in all his boys and stuff like that yeah. what i you know you know how i feel about like i'm like why can't a woman be the coach of the u.s men's national team we've won yeah. You know, we yeah, obviously, know, we obviously yeah. know what we're doing. So mm-hmm. figure it out. Like, sorry, yeah. you know, it's the same sport. <laughs> like, so. I think it's the same in the UK. I think people are breaking barriers now and there's a top, top female coaches in the, in the UK. And I think um, it is definitely slowly, slowly progressing slowly, slowly. Well, well, Dan, we'll have we'll have to have you come back. I mean, honestly, like you know, this this has been a, a really, really, really fun fun time, and like we just can't yeah. wait to see your progress. Don't worry, we'll edit out all Omar talking about himself. It's- <laughs> <laughs> please do, please do. Omar couldn't join us for this. <laughs> yeah, it's just a blank screen. <laughs> um, if, if people want to connect with you on social media, where's the best place? Um, probably Twitter. Um, Twitter's me, me where I go for all my football stuff. So um, I don't even know my handle. That's really bad because I don't ever tweet myself. So um, you're best putting it up as a little um, thing. I think it's we'll, like Dan Hill or something. I don't know. We'll put it up. Well, we, we yeah. definitely will put, we'll definitely will put it up, guys. And remember, yeah, but- if you want to reach out to Saskia Weber, at Saskia underscore Weber on all social media platforms. Omar's number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> Omar, you, you can reach out to at best striker in the world on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got to start taking the, the, those tag, those tags on social media just in case. Oh my gosh, guys! Remember, guest suggestion or topic suggestion. Shout out to people who have have pr- brought this out as a topic suggestion. It is definitely something. Shout out to Jake Davis. I know this is a topic that you uh, wanted to get to. University of Virginia goalkeeper coach um, at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social media platforms. That's all the time on Inside the Eighteen, and we are out. 
Later, guys. Yeah.